we advise you to get off the streets as quickly as possible. It'll soon be a war up there. And we are, as a people, opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths. I know for a fact. And to secret proceedings. Weapons of mass destruction. I have a dream. I take the threat very seriously. A new world order. Your government thanks you for your participation. You are now listening to the world-famous Sofa King Podcast. Please, read from sheets. I am... I am Sofa King. Sofa King. Now repeat all very fast, please. I am Sofa King. Faster. I am Sofa King. No, not so fast. Loses meaning. I am Sofa King. You say funny things. The weather outside is frightful. A little bit. But inside it's so delightful. If you got nowhere to go, let her blow, let her blow, let her blow. I was waiting That's for it. Yeah, I mean, there's dicks waiting. coming somewhere. I thought there was going to be I a didn't hoe. say anything about that. Oh. Let's talk talking about the wind. Candles, yeah. Yeah, are horrible. It could have been anything, really. Horrible. Oh, I thought you were talking about leaf blowers again. You those are, your leaf blowers. Those are bad obsession. for the environment. That's just as irresponsible. I do have, I do have a leaf blower obsession. Yeah. I have two leaf blowers. Mm. A handheld and a backpack. Oh right? damn! Yeah, Dude, I need really? to get a, Yeah, I need to get like a. You have the backpack leaf blower, like the gardener has. Yeah, fuck yeah! That's just dumb. <laughs> I mean, how much if you're gonna that? blow? If you're gonna blow leaves, you might as well fucking yeah. blow them. You is might as well a, feel like Iron Man. You don't feel like a superhero unless you're wearing it on your back. Hell no! I feel like I'm gonna fly. Yeah, it's an unlicensed. If I was nuclear <laughs> nuclear accelerator, if I, was, if I was blowing leaves on acid, <laughs> I'd be, I would be flying. Yeah, yeah, and shooting my neighbors with a cannon. It's awesome. We have a special guest in the studio. Live this time. We do. <clears throat> Live and in person. No delay. Last time he was a government informant trying to fight us on chemtrails. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> He's back and he can't hide. Oh, yes. that chemtrails episode. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, Jason Roskam. What's he going is, on? He is a co-host of All Things Star Wars, which you can find on podbelly.com. That is where it's found. It's one yes. of those cross podcasts. You can yeah, find it other places. It's our first yeah. official right. Podbelly crossover, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. We're having a Podbelly hmm. guest on. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And if you go to Podbelly, we're the first podcast. Oh, you are actually. Oh, wow. fantastic. You're also the, uh, Good thinking. the, the preview image. Wow. Yeah. You played Way that to, well. Like Way to one-up us. That link, it's, that's yeah. the preview on Facebook Messenger yeah. on text. Way to one-up us. Yeah. yeah. Alphabetical. Yeah. yeah, no, that's good thinking, though. Yeah. <laughs> Can we be A? That was all part of a the plan two years ago we did this. <laughs> we're doing AA, triple A Sofa King yeah, yeah, podcast. Because yeah. even if we were a Sofa King yeah. podcast, we st- he'd yeah. still beat us. God damn it. We'll just hide the letter in the same color as our like, cover art, and then you won't even see A. Yeah, yeah like the smog shops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like A, B, C, smog. Yeah. There's like a bunch it. of them. The whole, like the whole phone book is just triple A's. Yeah. For like a couple it. pages at least. I like it. So I told... Uh, Brent this tale a couple days ago, but I was, uh, I have a, I have a note on my door that says in very gracious terms, go fuck yourself. Don't knock on my door. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, we have a sleeping baby. 
If you're here to sell something, we don't want to buy it. If you're here for religious mm-hmm. reasons, we don't believe in it. And mm-hmm. if you're a UPS driver, unless we have to sign, because th- th- they they always like you hear them drop the box and then and they ding. fucking bang yeah. the door like yeah. crazy and then run back to their truck. And it's like, don't fucking do that. Yeah. And the sign is amazing. Like well after Vaughn is old, that motherfucker is staying on the door for the rest of my life because no one knocks on my door anymore. But I was watching uh, Westworld. I'm trying to get into Westworld. I was watching uh, episode five and uh, evening. Like I was surprised to hear anybody knock on my door because it was already like six or seven or something. Never happens anymore. Never happens. Never happens anymore. So it's the holidays. I figure, oh, something must have just got delivered. Hit pause on the TV. Like I I stand up, grab the remote, hit pause kind of over my shoulder and walk towards the door, Mm -hmm. open up the door. The guy's like, Hey, I'm really sorry. I had to knock, but you got to sign for this package. I was like, Oh, that's cool. Don't sweat it. And, uh, sign the signed his little pad. And when I was, I could just, I could see his face see something in my house and his entire demeanor changed. Nude. And nude, I was like, Westworld what the nude. fuck is he like, I didn't like nothing. I was like, yeah. that was weird. Like, and he was like, okay, well you have a nice day, sir. And like acted all weird and just wanted to get the fuck away from the porch. <laughs> and you I touched shut, his pin too. Like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. where he's like fucking. I shut the door. Like, you just keep that. Yeah. Now he cuts it off. Have you all seen Westworld? Yeah. I, I, I started it. watching it. Okay. And, so there's, uh, there's a the, yeah. regularly, there are scenes where the robots from they're the nude. park are getting repaired yes. and they're just nude, yep. like, you know, Bush, everything like yeah. just nude on screen all the time. Like it happens like every episode, every episode. Yeah. It's a regular. It's thing. what keeps you hooked. Really? I turn around framed perfectly in the center of the TV is this phenomenal black male specimen with a giant <laughs> cock hanging between his legs, paused, only thing on my TV. Just uh, black background. There's no background because they're always in those clear offices. Just bald, buff dude with massive schlong. Yes. I start, like, it was so obvious that the next line in the show was the tech looking at the robot, laughing and saying, oh, I guess you're not going to be a bartender anymore. We need to put your talents to better use, like looking yeah. at his mask massive package so and there was somebody else in the in the ups truck so i know that guy just went straight yeah, back told to that truck. Story right yeah. away. so i had yeah. i i thought it was quite humorous that's funny like that's you need a why. you need like a recording where like when somebody knocks on the door you hit the <laughs> so that comes up <laughs> no the baby cry oh the nice. baby cry God like so it. it's just sitting there yeah. yeah and you're opening the door the baby's crying now it's like, like the you know, ferris bueller yeah. doorbell yeah i like that and you also just need to put like an SD card with a big black cock on it and your TV. Yeah, so yeah, hit source. Just make that the screensaver. Yeah, always do that. This yeah. is screensaver. Yeah, screensaver go. <laughs> My buddy used to do that black shit. Cock. Like if you tried to call and order pizza, he would just start screaming corner noises behind you. Right. Yeah. He would just be like, fuck me. Like, oh, just screaming and yeah. moaning in the background. Yeah. It was real. Well, this guy got an eye full of big black cock. Yes, he did. That's funny. Dropping off a package. That's pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. Like, Answer the door in a towel from You should have asked him. <laughs> you should have looked and said, oh, you've never watched Black Cock Down? Like, yeah. <laughs> Yo, I'm sorry, bro. Just set it there. I got lotion yeah. all over my yeah. hands. Yeah. Just put it on Do the you really need, yeah. Yeah. Really? Do you need me to sign? Yeah, really. Do you want to come in? <laughs> Do you want to come in? <laughs> the FedEx guy's still here. Yeah. <laughs> FedEx yeah. guy. We're just eating kielbasas. Yeah. Yeah. That um, would be a funny setup to have like somebody dressed up in the FedEx. You order a package you have to sign for. You know when it's delivered. <laughs> and if I, you have somebody dressed up in a FedEx suit like, and they come out of the hallway. Oh, yeah. yeah he's here. Do you want to come in and join <laughs> us? <laughs> yeah. That's a good YouTube video. Yeah, that would be that funny is, as yeah. shit. And or porno. Yeah. yeah. So we have, we have a whiskey. 
It is called Corbin Cash. We don't know where it came from. It was an no. anonymous uh, package poisoned. in the mail. We're if you're out there, um, if yeah. you're out there and you sent us Corbin Cash, let us know so we can appreciate you. Claim your fame. Um, we're right gonna let we're gonna, gonna let Jason drink it first. Yeah. We're all thinking yeah. we're gonna fake sip it. <laughs> was so, this thing sealed when you got it? No. Yeah, I unsealed it. it. Oh. Like th- this was on. Uh, <laughs> Because you can't yeah. buy those a on piece the internet. Of sco- a piece yeah. of scotch tape was on it. You can't okay. buy that heat That's drink anywhere. You're good. Yeah, okay. it's perfect. So it's better it's cool than bottle. our leaky bottle. It's studded. So. All right. Here we go. Hold on. There we go. Oh. How are you going to get Dave? Got everybody. Oh, oh, fake clink. There we go. Fake clink. Tastes familiar. Like a pigeon. Good. That's pretty good. Yeah, it is good. Super smooth. I like rode there's the a very, side. There's a unique flavor. It's yeah. like a front of your tongue heat. Mine to was me. like it rode the side of mine. Yeah, it did go up the side. Like I was eating a vagina. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Real, What's yeah. that like? Very. <laughs> <laughs> right. Are you married? Or? Said, did, did I mention I host a Star Wars podcast? Yeah, <laughs> that's true. yeah. Well, so I have to say this is labeled. As, that's really good. Really good aftertaste. The label's crooked though. That's good. It's labeled as Merced Rye Whiskey. Mm, Merced. Which I immediately started to get mad about. Somebody got me with the rye. There's that one no, actually, I said it's it was good. good. It's horrible. Because <laughs> there's no fucking such thing. Like there's Merced rye whiskey. Merced Rye Whiskey. Like, right. Oh, you said it was good before you found out it was rye. I did. It was good. It doesn't taste like rye. It doesn't taste like rye. On the back in the description, it's called that because it's made from Merced Rye. Oh. So I give it a pass. Hmm. They're not like okay. making up some region. Oh, it's Merced. Like it's rye. Merced Rye whiskey. Whiskey. Yeah. Okay. All Which right. means it's at least I'm, the grain. That's one of the fairly close. That's. I mean, there's. We've had some expensive Japanese rye whiskeys that I don't like. Like, and not that it, like, not that they're horrible. I just wouldn't go after them. You know what I mean? Right. Like that one's pretty good. Like it. It. Uh, it's distilled in. Cal- good, it's distilled in California. Yeah. I'm guessing has a good either in or around Merced because yeah. that's where they get the Merced. It's rye, not spicy. So. It's pretty smooth. Like I said, it kind of rode the side of my tongue. That's nice. And it. Yeah, it went down smooth. So it's thank you, Miss. We're just going to say your name is Corbin Cash. Thank you, Corbin Cash, oh, for nice. sending us your own. They're definitely country. country, country they senior, sent yeah. it. They might have sent it to us. They might have. Never yeah. know. You never know. You never know. Stranger things. How'd you like that, Jason? It was good. Still burns a little bit. The label's really? so off yeah. center on the bottom. Though, it's looking for that peanut butter yeah. hit, huh? Yeah. And yeah. he started it. How many bottles have you received from fans? He started a thing a little bit, right? Well, really, only just one bottle that we got from right. somebody. It was that screwball whiskey. That's and how it starts, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, as opposed to people sending us more whiskey, it's just all of our listeners are now just buying screwball for themselves. Nice. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So but it's, it's been they're kind fucking of a up. Thing. They're supposed to buy you more whiskey so you can try yeah. it. So you yeah, can we're doing something good wrong. Yeah. Yeah. What is, is screwball a bourbon? You bring it? It's, you, a, it's a whiskey. It's a peanut butter whiskey. Remember. Oh, it's the peanut butter whiskey. It's right there behind you, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's peanut butter. I don't know if it's a, I don't know what, it's got the sheep on it. Yeah. It's not vegan. No, it's not. No, it's got an image of a sheep right That's on it. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, it's made in Tennessee. In it. Oh, it's a Tennessee, Tennessee whiskey. And we just recently found it in Jersey. Yeah, they just started selling it here in town, actually. Yeah. Oh, Antoinette Yancey sent that to us. So that's our uh, screwball. Well, there you go. The nerds love it. Yeah. Yes. That's that's how you know. It could taste like vagina. He wouldn't know. Yeah. Brent's going to try it out, though. Oh, oh, dude, it smells really good, though. It's good, man. I forgot about this, but I might not like it. It smells like peanut butter. If it's sweet. But it might be sweet. Yeah. We don't like sweet whiskeys. 
Yeah. <laughs> right away. As soon as it hit his lips, it wasn't even finished coming yeah. out of the glass. No. He's shaking his head no. <laughs> that was yeah. impressive. Yeah. It, was like, no. it was like your tongue knew. Oh. You started shaking your head no. Gross. I think the thing is with whiskeys like that, I think they would be I think they would be good in mixed drinks. <laughs> Probably. Oh, maybe. Like yeah. I think you could make an amazing mixed drink with, I don't want, I don't with want all of those peanut things. butter drink though. But I don't generally that. drink like peanut drinks. butter Coca-Cola or something. I mean it would probably be good. Like in that. I like um iced tea or tea flavored vodka. And then you hmm. put lemonade and it's Arnold Palmer. Oh, nice. Yeah. Hmm. And that 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 goes. But Oof. Not so, doing that again. I no? have forgotten. Try it again. Did you forget? Fuck no. Yeah, it tastes it like back. peanut butter vomit. Yeah. It's bad. We'll change the label and be like, hey, we got a new one. Slap a label yeah, on it. Yeah, there you go. Check this one out. Oh, it smells good. So our El Yucateco hot sack winner of the week is from Reddit um, on the R Sofa King podcast subreddit from the user. I don't know if it's Matthew Spat or Matthew's Pat. Mm, I think it's Matthew's Pat. Yeah, because there sure. could be assuming there's a comma and it's yeah. Pat Matthews, or it could be you know spitting Matt. Yeah, like it's Matthew Spat. Matthew Spat. Yeah, nah. or Matthews, who's a Pat, who's yes. a Patriot. That's right. Like there's various interpretations. That might be a fake name. Yeah, could it might be. not even yeah. be Matthew. So Matthew Spat has. Uh, it's not Matt. You nope. Has crossed uh, El Yucateco bottles on a pile of various colored um, my package underwear, hmm. which when I first looked at it, I thought it was actually him laying El Yucateco on various martial arts belts and geese. <laughs> like, wow. Because they does sort of look Yeah, it's, it's the right color scheme. Yeah. But um, good picture. Um, I hope you don't pour it on your package. Because that might not. That's be the underwear you used to wear in the beginning of the sh- podcast. Yeah, I huh? still have some. Yeah, I still wear my yeah. package. Yeah, there's a bunch of other brands like. Don't wear them to jiu-jitsu, though. <laughs> no. That was a mistake. It, it puts your shit. I wore. Like, it, 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 it fucking my pushes. Yeah, yeah, it pushes it out, and there's nothing but fucking dick slaps, like people hitting you in the balls <laughs> all night long. It's horrible. Like you take somebody's back and you're just putting pressure on your own mm, balls. You just yeah. give up like yeah. right away. Yeah. So no good. And yeah. it's fairly obvious what the, the mushroom print on their What's back happening. Is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So Matthews, Pat, look for a, a reach out or a reach around from um, Frankie Pigeons. Give them all of your uh, information and you will get a hot sack. We just got a message like live that f- from the Corbin Cash whiskey giver. Like I got an email oh, right damn. now. Oh, wow. Nice. Um, it was from uh, Julie. Mm, this is rough. Julie Rolf or oh, Julie, AKA, Julia Rolf. Right. But B-E-Y-M-E-R. Ba- Bamer? Bamer? Yeah. Julie Bamer or Julie Rolf. Julie yeah. Rolf. Yeah. Was, we know her. She's in a group. That was just cool that it came during the yeah, show. Yeah. It was very good. Thank you. Perfect timing. And if you'd like to come during our show... You should finger yourself. You should. Um, That's how you come during our if show. You, you should let like if you like to come during our show. The best thing you can do to pay us back <laughs> is to give us one dollar on Patreon. Like if you get to come every time show. you listen to our show, it's only fair. The least you can do is go to patreon.com backslash Sofa King Podcast and give us one. Not only not only do you get to come, but you get a bonus episode. You get our bonus episode. So our bonus That's episodes correct. are now only for one dollar and above patrons. If you go to patreon.com, you'll get the whole list of all the different uh, perks. You get a bonus. Why you think whistles. about boning us? Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Because that'll help. Because that's the yeah. thing. If you if you come every time you listen to our episode, <laughs> that's one extra episode per week. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's another. Like, another that's an extra orgasm per week. Come come joints. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> two we. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and if you're if you're one of uh, Jason's fans, if you listen to his podcast, send him some whiskey. 
Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. They, they need some different ones to try. Get them out of that peanut butter shit. If this is the first he, time, he likes it. If this is the first time you're listening to our show because you're a fan of all things Star Wars, um, then you should definitely give us a dollar on Patreon. That and it's sad we have to tell you send them some whiskey. Right. Yeah. I approve this message. Yeah, and you should give them a you should <laughs> give, give them a dollar. You should Spread give the them like you should give them five dollars. Yeah. If you're their, their Patreon, fan, right. give them twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or whatever. Whatever yeah, give you can them, afford. Give them $20. Give them at least $5. It. But part of the negotiation is, you know, if you're like, I'm going to pony up $5, go ahead and give them $4 and then give us one. Yeah. That's and then you're still giving out $5. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like a math class. I'm confused. Unless $5 it's like agreeing. some new uh, threshold, in which case give him $5 and then give us $5 because then you get cooler. And you get a bonus them. episode. And then you'll come more. You got more episodes. The whole coming. thing. Yeah. We come, got it all. You weren't coming at all before. Right. Now you'll be coming. Yeah. Around the mountain. When she comes. If you can come around the mountain, you've been doing kegels. Well, you got to come around the mountain when she comes. Yeah. Like there's a timing timing. thing. Or you're on a train. And it's impressive. (laughs) A, you're on a train. B, you've got great timing. What about, what about a low flying plane? Something Wong. (laughs) Bing, dang, ow. Yeah. (laughs) Bing, bang, ow. Fly too too low. Yeah. So I I feel like we have people who are listening to our show just because of your show. Who are already turning off. Maybe. Probably. That's fine. You guys bullshit before you talk? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's about 50 minutes of non-Star Wars bullshitting and then maybe a half hour of Star well, Wars. We're at 1648. So. We got a long yeah. way to go. Yeah. We lost we're going to have way more. We're going to have way more Star Wars stuff than they have. Yeah, so yeah. That's good. Yeah. I like it. Well, maybe not. We got Indiana Jones. We got, we got, we got all kinds know, of stuff. All kinds of things. Young Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. The Temple of Poon. I'm pretty sure that was him. <laughs> yeah, that was Temple him. Of yeah. That was him. Yeah. So our topic today um, is the one and only George Lucas. Um, we've been thinking about this topic actually for a couple of weeks, and then the 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 Jason stopped by, and yeah. it, it made sense, and the the it all lined up. So um, George Lucas, obviously, um, everybody knows him because he uh, was the cameraman for the Rolling Stones documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really where he made his fame. The movie Almost Famous is based on him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Um, didn't know that. But then he uh, went on to make a couple of movies, um, like a little special effects company that he started. Um, What's and, that? Uh, Industrial Light and Magic. Hmm. I thought he created like a sound system called THX. Like people haven't heard of any of these things. What's that? Like this really THX. like a small. It, makes, it means thanks on AOL Instagram. That's right. Yeah. A small yeah. little couple of indie <laughs> films called Star Wars that he made. Hmm. Um, I hear they're making another one. That's what I hear. Yeah. yeah. Should be. I'm making Star one. Wars with Princess Wanalea, Luke Skywalker, and Darth Vader. That's already been done. Job of the yeah, Slut. Sir. Oh, okay. That's it has been, been done. I know it's been done. I've used it. <laughs> Dave, Dave actually opened his door to receive a yeah. package yeah. with that on. I came with a force. Yeah. 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 And the UPS guy had to look at Chukaka in the middle of my screen. Chukaka. Cleveland Steamer. Oh, man. So uh, uh, he. Um, was it two girls, one Chewbacca? Yeah. That's right. right. That's right. <laughs> one two, two Twi'leks, one Chewbacca. Oh, man. One Chewbacca. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. At least someone here got the Twilight reference. <laughs> one, me and one person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so he um, he's sort of like I, I I read two articles that kind of hinted at this, but I think it's a big through line in cinema. Like he's people like praise him and Spielberg in equal measure that they kind of mourn them because they were sort of the they are the ones who brought 
like spectacle, cinema as spectacle, like special effects, like beyond the par, like the big annual blockbuster of a sci-fi movie. Like these two are the ones that really kind of led the charge on that. And a lot of people are like, you know, movies were better back before. And a lot of people are like, oh, fuck yourself. Um, but they definitely changed the way movies are made, like the whole digital um who did somebody made a documentary about the shift from digital to analog to digital analog to digital. It's like a big, was it Keanu Reeves? Oh, it was somebody, but they, and like they interview all the people and like, these are like the key figures. Like I even remember when the prequels came out, like the man's Chinese theater was the only theater in the nation that had a digital projector and sound system that could play the first of the prequels because the camera was like a million dollar camera. Oh, you couldn't even play it. And the, well, you could play it, but not you the way it was it. meant yeah. to be seen. It was like so, watching a, watching a 3d movie without right. 3d glasses. And right. now, I mean, everybody has those projectors cause the price point has come down, but like people like, like him and James Cameron, like they just push the envelope technologically. And I think cinema owes a huge, um, Tip like, of the hat to what they like. Done. Steve Jobs making the iPhone, like it went touch phone, and all of a sudden the whole everyone else starts to make it too. Right, yeah. right. He's the wealthiest as of right now. He's the wealthiest uh, entertainer on the planet because he's worth as of today six point four billion dollars. And to put that in perspective, Oprah is only worth two point seven. So Lucas kind of has her beat. He would have had a ton more if he didn't get divorced. Probably for sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um. So, but then the other thing is like the reason he's so rich, yes, he sold, you know, LucasArts for $4.1 billion to Disney, but he's so fucking rich because of toys and we'll get into that whole thing. Like, you know, and I used to talk shit because it was well known that in Return of the Jedi, he threw Ewoks in there just to sell toys. And I used to kind of say that's some bullshit. But now that I see exactly what toys did for him and why he was thinking of toys, like it really changed. I was like, I can't really blame him. It goes to speak like, uh, like when I was young, I I didn't even like Star Wars. I mean, not that they're bad movies or anything. I just wasn't necessarily into them. Sure. Like, uh, you know, like some people are, but you weren't crazy about it. I had an Ewok watch yeah. and I liked Ewoks, right, right, you know what yeah. I mean? Cause Ewoks are fucking cool. Yeah, like, yeah. like that's, and I still, to this day, if I see Ewoks, I'm like, look kids, like a fucking Ewoks. Yeah. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? I'm like, Oh, look at Ewoks. Like, right. you know, cause that's part of my childhood. Like right. that was something that stood out to me. So, and I think that was his sense. goal kind of aiming that at kids. He didn't think that adult nerds are going to go so fucking crazy on it. I think it was right. unexpected, right. you know? And a lot of, he gets a lot of fucking shit for, I know, I know you guys probably hate the prequels for sure, but kids like the fucking prequels mm-hmm. is the thing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So from a marketing business uh, standpoint, like he did well with that. But the nerd adults that had grown up were like, that fucking sucks. But if you had grown up and saw the other ones, you might have thought they sucked too. Right. My wife been my screaming wife's, about Ewoks. My wife's Jar Jar. parents still go like when the new Star Wars come out, they're like, hey, we'll pay for everybody to go to the movies. We'll yeah. watch the new Star Wars. I'm like, yeah. Ah, I'll go. Like I'm yeah. not. Like, I mean, if you're gonna pay, I'm gonna go. You know, go like midnight. Yeah, and like the last one, it's it's a decent movie. Yeah, I yeah. just don't know like the backstory of everything, so right. I'm like kind of like you're okay, awesome. the action's cool, like whatever, right. you know, like so. There, but her parents are in their fifties, you know, well into their fifties right. or right. actually sixty. Well, because that, that was their fucking jam, late fifty, yeah. early sixties, yeah. and they're still going. These new movies are coming out, and they're excited to go see them. You know, so. Uh, and they like them, you know, so it's it's not just, you know, new kids or whatever. It's why Hot Topic has strawberry shortcake and He-Man shirts and shit. Right. It's right. just it's because the age. it's rolled yeah. back around. Yeah. That's cool to you. It's not, something it that's, it's not something that's a kid. It's, yeah. yeah, it's cool to the adults. Yeah. You the know? people that it was cool to back then in the yeah. 70s just brought 13 yeah. people to the movies yeah. and paid for all the fucking yeah. tickets. 
One, yeah, one article that I read said that the franchise by 2012 had made $20 billion in merchandise and $3.8 billion in home entertainment products. Wow. And that's not ticket price of movies. That's not. So that's where his, wow. that's where his genius was. Right. And his genius was also in figuring it like figuring out what cinema needs and creating. It's it. almost like a comic book though. You know what I mean? Like comic books sell more merchandise probably as oh, far as sure. like figures, sure. t-shirts, you know, stuff like that than actual comic books. You and know? That, so, was his, that was his Bill Gates like gangster move is, is retaining licensing. Yeah. Right. For the toys. You know yeah. I mean? Because that's, that's when, you know, when he pitched this to 20th Century Fox, they didn't have any confidence in this movie. Right. So they cut a deal with him to cut his payoff for being the director and the writer of this movie so that, and he can maintain the merchandising rights. And, and so, the sequel and owns the sequels. Yes. Yeah, and he yeah. knew, so, he knew that's where money was. And that was going. his, yeah. that was his idea though. That was his idea. Sure. But yeah. to them, they were like, fuck yeah, we'll pay you Heck way yeah, less. Right. Cause he was going to get like five, Hundred grand, and he got one hundred fifty instead. Because like, well, he got, half he got a hundred dollars. He got one hundred fifty grand for writing and directing American Graffiti, um, which is unthinkable to me that a director would only make one hundred fifty thousand dollars, even on a bullshit. Indie I had no movie. idea how much. Like, that's a lot of that blew my that's mind. Nothing like you, like a screenwriter that you've never heard of. It would be an insult if they didn't get $150,000 for their screenplay right I wonder now, if it's proportionate know? to the cost of the filming. So it's like, hey, this movie costs $50 million. Probably. American I should Graffiti be making $6 million, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, but, you have to think of it in the context of the time, too, because mm-hmm. when he made American Graffiti, there were no summer blockbusters. No. They, they consider American Graffiti to be the, the, the pioneer first, of the summer yeah. blockbusters right. and things like that. One of the like most that. successful movies And they ever said made. His, yeah. his great talent there was like sourcing like like talent finding like that was Richard Dreyfus, Ron Howard, fucking all those dudes from back in the day that are now like major directors, huge stars and shit. Well, was, I would I would argue that 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 was his strongest talent through the entire Star Wars, Harrison the original Ford. trilogy, not just with actors, but like when it came. I mean, we're jumping way ahead in the timeline, but when it came to Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, he handed over directing to other people. Like he handed a lot of stuff over to other people. He was still the create. He's like what you would call a showrunner today. I'm not directing it, but I'm writing the he script was over their shoulder, whispering over, in their ear though. But yeah. still yeah. like the reason those two movies, frankly are better than the other ones are because he didn't fucking direct them. Right. Yeah. And I think the reason that the prequels are as weak as they are is because he directed them. I think if he would have had those script ideas and said like, I'm going to get, you know, uh, Lawrence Kasdan directed or somebody else who did the other ones. Like if other people directed those, I think the movies would have been much better because I just don't think he's a good director. He's an amazing visionary. Well, I don't yeah. think it's not that he's a good director. I think when you take like something that you have, that's great. And then you add somebody else's input into it sure. and their vision sure. and you combine them. It creates something. He even, does really well with greater. collaboration, like yeah. Steven Spielberg and everyone. Yeah. And there was right. a lot of people on set. Like I saw um, Harrison Ford and a lot of people talk about Mark Hamill, talk about that. He like, didn't talk. He would just be like, like, Faster and more, bigger, more. faster, yeah, bigger, faster, more. And more faster and more intense. Yeah, yeah. faster. Yeah. That's more what intense. it was. Yeah. Faster yeah. and more intense. Yeah. They said that at one point they so had a joke like, yeah. they were going to make because he lost his voice or something from barely talking that they were just going to have horns over signs that said faster or more intense, yeah. <laughs> and so that way he could just honk the horn above the sign. Yeah, yeah. and that there was something where some executives <laughs> showed up and they were watching uh, one of the things he was directing, and they said they were there for four days and they were like, "Who's the director?" Because they would just sit there and like huddle and whisper back and forth right. and like <laughs> right. tell him to do it again. But he, I guess. He 
obviously put a lot of faith in the creativity and like the natural, um, you know, acting skills. He had a very clear vision. And I, they said a lot of the stuff was it seemed like he didn't want to work with actors. They just frustrated with actors. But it's probably because his genius, he had such a clear vision. But you can't, unless you can draw. They're in there fucking or, it up. Yeah, yeah it's time, like yeah. hard to get them to do exactly what you're thinking. Yeah. You know what right, I mean? Right. It's hard to get that to happen. It's you hard to do that yourself. It, yeah. mm-hmm. It's like I have ideas and I try and put it, you know, to paper or to whatever. And you're just like, fuck, I can't even get it. I was it. trying I, to make something yesterday. Like, I had fuck. music in my head yeah. and like this voice thing. And I was like, I don't, I can't do that yeah. voice. And I can't make that music. And it was yeah. in my head. But if like, you fuck. had somebody, you're like, fucking, that's the guy. Right. And this is what I want. And then they make it's it. And it's tell fucking genius. Yeah. But if you can get it out and you're like, fucking, they already have the talent to be, you know, and you're like, that's the perfect voice. Do this, say this. And it just becomes fucking the thing, you know? Right. So yeah, it's, it's pretty, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a hard thing to do. Yeah. You know, you can't knock him for trying. So his background, he was born, um, not far from Bakersfield. Actually, he was born in Modesto, California. That's super close. Uh, yeah. May 14th, 1944 as our, as in the 1940s was the case for probably almost everyone who lived in Modesto. His parents owned a walnut grove. Like, oh, yeah. Cause that's kind of, that's all that was there. That's all that was there. In the forties yeah. wasn't shit there. <laughs> yeah. They sold office supplies and they owned a small, uh, walnut farm. Um, but they were blue collar. They weren't wealthy by, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I read that in 1955, they were there for opening week of Disneyland, which I thought was interesting because that had to have had a huge impact oh, on him. Fuck yeah. Like, I can't imagine that he wasn't going through Tomorrowland. It has, it has a huge, blown I think it has a huge impact on any child when you take them to sure. Disneyland and they've never seen anything like that. Right. Yeah. They're like, I mean, why do you think people travel across the world? Yeah. To go to Disney World or but Disneyland, I mean, you see, you see people from Japan there. But from now Italy. you know what's there. Like in 1955, yeah. you show up and it's like, oh shit, it's Robot Lincoln. Yeah. Oh shit, yeah, there's yeah, a yeah. Sky Tram. Yeah. Like what the fuck? But there's I'm just saying, like, even even now when you know yeah, what's there, you go there still, and you're like, what yeah. the fuck? This is crazy. You know, like right. it's like you're in another world. You know, think about it back then when he yeah, saw it. It was unbelievable. It was probably yeah. something that just sparked his imagination. So his passion in high school was um, racing. He wanted to be a race car driver. Um, which I think was the immediate lead to American graffiti, which yeah. is kind of about that era and dragsters and that whole thing. And um, he got in, he got broadsided while he was, he racing at the time. He was, was driving. Just, I he was think, just driving. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you see the pictures of the wreckage? No. Nah. Have you seen that? Yeah, I was fucked up. Fucking yeah. like he should not be alive for sure. I think only because of seatbelt broke or something, right? Like he was, they thought he was dead. Like they pronounced him dead right. at the scene because yeah. his lungs were so damaged. His heartbeat was so low. It was undetectable. And then they fucking like took him to the hospital anyway. Like maybe we can save him. He was, fu- he was alive, but they didn't think so. That's how bad it was. Yeah. yeah the car right. was unrecognizable. It was just this massive hunk of metal. They couldn't tow it away. Right. It wasn't towable. They the just ball. like well, loaded it onto a truck. It's fucking, look it up. It's crazy. In all fairness, it was an auto Bianchi Bianchina, which was probably yeah. unrecognizable. It was the, the, it was the G- yeah. You're like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> it wasn't even scratched. They're just like, that thing is unrecognizable. But when you Put look it at it, truck. it's like, oh, why? There's, it looks like one of those things you give birth to when it's just like teeth and hair. You're like, why is there a tire <laughs> over there? What the fuck is that thing? It's all the parts yeah. of a car, but they're definitely in the wrong place. That was a disturbing analogy. Mm, what are those things called? Have we, have we brought it up before? What Oof. is that? The thing when a woman gets pregnant and she just gives birth to like hair and teeth and like a oh, pulsating fucking hair ball thing. Oh yeah. God. It's like meat wads. Yeah. Meat wads. Yeah. Yeah. That's what the car Ooh, looked like. Yeah. That's the, that's the, that's what yeah. the doctors call it. Yeah. Uh, Met- yeah metal, think, metal meat wad. Yeah. 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 I think it's uh, that's pretty ate up. That's eight up. It's twisted up. Yeah. 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 Some, some people decide to keep it. And when they have the reveal, it's just like they open uh, the box and the hamburger wad. meat just comes out. Yeah. yeah. 
So <laughs> after this point, <laughs> it's got hair and teeth. That is the. Did grossest. you look it up? Oh, I, I thought you were over there looking it up. No, I've seen. I, looking the crash. Yeah, yeah, I was looking up the crash. Uh, the Modesto B. That's pretty. That's no, the, the meat bot things. I looked those up before. That's yeah. like. That's like. Uh, okay, Google blue waffles. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, Siri blue waffles. Yeah. Hey, I've Siri. never seen blue waffles. Uh, yeah. Still never seen blue them. waffles. No, I'm not looking. Looking down. Okay. I found this on the web. That's going to be an uncomfortable podcast. I'm just going to look down. (laughs) So his dad after the wreck is like, okay, well, why don't you come work for the stationary uh, store? And um, he ends up going to Modesto Junior College and he studies anthropology, sociology and literature, um, you know, getting his humanities, getting his GED. But I think people specify those three areas because those three areas are really the key to star Wars. Those three areas lead to, um, which I'll talk about when we get a little bit later in the, in the timeline, like the idea of the, what they call the archetypical romance, like Joseph Campbell's idea of how a quest looks in literature. And this is something that he's exposed to it at at an early age, like a standardization of characters, standardization of characters and archetypes and, and plot points and story arcs that have to occur, which you see now like, Oh, this is a romantic comedy. There's going to be this thing where they like have an obstacle they have to overcome and then they're going to get together. But the thing about this though, is, is this guy named Joseph Campbell looked back at all of literature back to the ancient Greeks and he said these are the archetypes right. like the, and he wasn't the first one Carl Jung did it a guy named Northrop Fry did it but he made it accessible at, and at readable. its most basic like a villain and a hero more way deeper than that well I'm saying at its most yeah at its most basic that idea but he ends up really Joseph Campbell ends up saying this is exactly how it goes and George Lucas very consciously modeled star Wars after what Joseph Campbell said happens in an archetypal quest. And it's why it was so successful in my, and you can opinion. see so many influences like Nazi Germany and fucking oh, yeah. the, the flash Gordon, like Kira, Kira I didn't Sala, know scrolling like, intro you know, came from that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like there was all kinds of cool stuff I learned about this. samurai shit and old Westerns. And like, it's all, it's I mean, all I don't consider myself a star Wars nerd. Like I know I can't fucking hang with either you guys, but I was like, I know I've seen all the star Wars stuff. I know this stuff, but yeah. I learned a lot like, right. That I had right. no idea. So he starts to study this stuff in school. Um, he ends up going to film school at USC. And he also told his parents on the way out, like, I'm going to be a millionaire by 30. Right. Yeah. yeah which, Who else did that? Somebody else did that too. And they were a millionaire. Which did he make? Jim Carrey? No, it was some, it was a, <laughs> I think Jim Carrey did. Do I think that, he did do yeah. that. There was somebody else that was a tech company guy. Everybody should just start doing that. At Steve age 18, Jobs. everybody leave and say you're going to be a millionaire. millionaire by 30. Happen. And it was like 22. They were, right. they were a fucking billionaire or something like that. Unless you just go crash on your friend's There's couch fucking, and Cheetos and play What about Xbox the guy that yeah, sold all his shit and went and like bet on black or whatever? Have you heard that story? Uh-uh. There's a dude that sold everything he had and had like $22,000, his whole life savings, sold his couch, sold his shit, moved out of his apartment, got in a fucking car with all the money, went to Vegas and put it on like fucking... I bet I'm like fucking one number, one spin and fucking one grabbed like 20 million and walked the fuck oh, away. Fuck. Yeah. Coolest story ever. That's a true story. Guy's a dumbass. Meat wad bringing it back. Um, so <laughs> while he's at USC, which had just started teaching film, 
he meets a lot of influential people, like people whose names most people aren't going to recognize who are like the best editor in cinema, you know, who worked on Apocalypse Now and screenwriters of all these crazy shows. And he meets like, you know, yes, he meets Steven Spielberg. He meets Francis Ford Coppola, but he meets a ton of other people who are the best in the industry, but aren't directors. Right. He actually wanted um, to be an editor, but he said like he was editing some like, I don't know, it was a military film or something, but he was editing something and a, a director kept coming in like, fucking with him and telling him what to do and he's like right. I don't want to do this yeah, like someone keeps telling me what to do right. who's the guy that doesn't get the, he's like I'll be the director no one can tell right, him what to right. do yeah. so and he runs with a group and they called him the dirty dozen because they hung together constantly and um, they went on to just be massively influential in film I think more than would normally happen I mean you could look you could look at you know a dozen uh, major universities, I'll cut that down to a half a dozen. Let's say there's six major universities in America right now that have really good film departments. You're not getting in one class Francis no. Ford Coppola, Steven Spielberg, and George Lucas out of one fucking graduating Probably class. Probably not anymore. Not, not, not anymore. anymore. I think, anymore. yeah, it was a lot smaller yeah. back then. Yeah. A lot of more people aspire to do that type of thing. I think so. I think the people who were really there meant it. Right. Like, I think they were the visionaries. They were, the, but now I think not, Well, I got to like, pick no, a major. I'm going to go, because I mean, now it's yeah. like, like if you can write a decent screenplay, you could go make a couple of hundred thousand dollars being a screenwriter and live in New York and L.A. and you went to film school and it pays itself off. Like you could easily make a couple you right. know, two hundred thousand dollars a year. Writing I watched screenplays I watched a an shitty interview. life that I would never fucking want. He made me you think know? about directors differently because I watched an interview and he he made like a, a parallel comparison of, of directors being like emperors or dictators. And I was like, what? Like I kept listening, though. And he's like, yeah, they get to like spend millions of dollar and kill millions of people or something like, you know, digitally, they create this thing and they do these things to kill all these people and they can direct the whole thing and make the world look the way, the way they want it to look, but through some imaginary, you know, vision. Right. right. So they're doing things that like a Roman emperor would have done, you know, they're going to have this war and then they're going to decide who wins and then they're going to fucking kill all these people and they can starve people and they can murder people and they can do that. And it's like, really you're, it's like a narcissistic fucking sadistic emperor. If you're, he said all directors are that way. He's like all directors. When you look at it are actually just narcissists that are acting out their like fantasy to make the world in their vision. That's why I've always wanted to be a director. Yeah. Yeah. I think he might be projecting. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I don't know that I can. Ron Howard's like, yeah, no, (laughs) <laughs> no, Ron Howard, especially <laughs> yeah, a little fucking guy, redheaded yeah. bastard. Um, so he ends up graduating in 1967 and I didn't even know this was possible. So Vietnam is on point and he says, I'm going to join the air force and the fucking air force says you have too many speeding tickets. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Is that and a thing? Initially, when I heard this, I'm thinking, ah, it's bullshit. There's no fucking way because as a 23 year air force vet, right. um, I'm, no, there's there's no way that's possible. There had to have been something more there. Right. But the more I think about it, it's it was getting close to Vietnam. And I fully admit that as a member of the Air Force, you're not the person that's given a gun and put on the front lines. So right. there might have been an influx of people who saw the writing on the wall, uh, knew that the draft was coming. And they're like, fuck, I'm going to get in the Air Force now before so uh, I'm not getting shot by the Viet Cong. Exactly. Oh, they were trying, oh, they were trying right. to kind of weed people out. Yeah. Right. yeah. So and because in, in times of economic downturn, like towards the end of the Bush, beginning of the Obama era, we had a a point where a lot of people were trying to join the military, especially the Air Force, because it paid well, good benefits and all Mm -hmm. that. And the job market was shit. And they had such an influx of people trying to get in. They were able to treat it as more of a job interview. 
And Damn, wow. turn people away. Yeah, like yeah. if you weren't good enough, then we're like, nah, we don't need you. Go talk well, you, to the fucking you, army or the Marines. Yeah, and you've right. always heard that the Air Force is one of the harder ones to get into. Yeah. You know, even just starting out, you want to get in as as you're, you know, coming out of high school, you want to get in the Air Force. They, sure. they start testing you. Right. The tests are harder. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, it's a little more rigorous, but the the, the Air Force is better. You know, like it, it's a, it's. A I more got called cush. by everyone, man. They were fucking hunting yeah. me down. Yeah. Took that stupid yeah, ASVAB like this thing. fucking idiot. Like summertime, they were just calling the fuck out. ASVAB. Oh, yeah. yeah. ASVAB. Yeah. yeah. Garbage. Yeah. So that's the only thing I can think of is that they were already full up. No, like, we don't sense. need anybody else. That might make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, you right. got too many speeding. And tickets. like you do right. when the Air Force doesn't accept you. He You're like, yeah, Army. planes aren't fast. You know, right. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, no, he ended up getting drafted by the army. That's what it was. Um, but then he had diabetes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, they, the beatus got they, him. They didn't let him. Oh, in they should have been called the Baker's the dozen in yeah. field school. <laughs> field what's that old man's <laughs> name? What's the, what's the Quaker Oats guy's name? Wilford Brimley. Someone Wilford posted Brimley. A, a meme, and it's Wilford Brimley with his head pasted on a kid in class, and it says, "I think I posted that." Was that you? And it says, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like you got thirty candy bars. I showed it to Maddox, dude. I was yeah. like, "Hey, Maddox, look at this." And I wanted to see if he get it. And it says. If you got 30 candy bars and you eat 28, what do you have? And it's Wilford Brimley's head on a student. Diabetes. Raising yeah. his like, hand and that's all. My son's 10. He that's was like, funny. diabetes. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's, I, I wanted him to get that yeah, so that's bad. Yeah. Um, that's pretty good. So he ends up going back to USC again at, uh, for graduate school, which again is ironic because I'm sure there were a lot of people dying to get into colleges at this point to avoid the draft. Mm-hmm. But now that he already got, like he tried to join, yeah. couldn't get in, got drafted, couldn't get in. So then he went back to, to graduate school at USC to go Check to it out, I got beat us. They're <laughs> yeah. like, you're in. You're going to be a film director. Yeah. Give me one of them film directors. So, um, he starts working with the United States Information Agency, um, where he's teaching Navy students to f- uh, do documentaries, which I thought was super hmm. interesting. Hmm. Like, I mean, just like, I mean, granted, he's not the George Lucas that we know right now, but somewhere out there, there's a whole lot of people who are like, yeah, George Lucas taught me how to make fucking documentaries back in 1967. He said that originally during that period of his life, he aspired to be someone that would be like Michael Moore. Like he wanted to fucking cause trouble and make controversial documentaries or artsy fucking things. Yeah. He made appeal to most people. He was like known for making like little, like, I don't know. They almost called him like cinematic poems. And it like, there wasn't a narrative. It was just like, imagery and music and I he would just film these scenes or something. Part of that's probably the time, you know what I mean? Like a lot of a lot of, you know, the hippie stuff was going around at that time, you know what I mean? The the free love and peace, right. you know what I mean? So like they had this uh, it seems like a lot of people at that time had this like um, view on the world that they right. wanted to get their part A political out. statement. Yeah, right. a political statement or some sort of artsy statement. Well, you to know? the so populace, like that people like it hated sense. it, like in the normal people like fucking Siskel and Ebert type thing. But Steven Spielberg in an interview said that that's where he met uh, George Lucas is when he made THX 1138. It was like, mm-hmm. like a film festival. Right. And he said, my first impression, I hated him. I was like, I'll never make a movie that good or that interesting. Wow. And he said he went back to stage to meet him because he was like, oh, it's fucking I'm going to kill this motherfucker. I can't, I never made anything yeah. that cool. Yeah. And he was like in awe of him and like shook his hand, but they immediately became like fucking right. best friends. Yeah. yeah. 1990. They, they both love Velociraptors. 1990s. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh no, when was uh, 88 Jurassic Park? When Later was the first 92. 92. 92. 92. Yeah. 91, 92. Yeah. yeah. Killed him. 
So killed Lucas with that. His one. first uh, short that got any notice. I'm sure it wasn't his first short. If you were in film school, you probably no, he filmed was a short. lot of fucking shorts. He was short, but he filmed um, a student film called Electronic Labyrinth THX one one three eight four EB. Jesus Christ! Um, which easy weird guy got a lot of recognition. It won like the National Student Film Festival. So basically, that year it was the best student film in the nation. Really, and because of that, Warner Brothers said. You get you can work for you know you can work on the set for anybody that that you want and he picked Francis Ford Coppola who again wasn't Francis Ford Coppola yet like he hadn't done Apocalypse Now he hadn't done The Godfather but he, he was he'd already made the transition made, from film school yeah, to yeah. actual making yeah. movies he was he which was a lot of people movies. said that was kind of crazy he was only I think twenty five or right, something right and normally he like I watched an interview with Francis Ford Coppola and he was like yeah like for when George Lucas showed up he was like oh it's someone like me most of the guys were a bunch of fucking suits smoking pipes and they were doing whatever the right, fuck they were doing right. and for him it was the same kind of guy with the same kind of background but he had talents in areas that that he didn't have right and so they worked well together and he admired him for that instead of it being like competition he saw it as like oh here's a fucking buddy here's someone i can hang out and with. and i had to when i was thinking about the the dirty dozen here from usc i it reminded me of a scene from they call me dolomite where they're trying to film the movie. They're trying to film the movie Dolomite and none of them have a fucking clue how to make a movie. And they just, and it's (laughs) a true story and they just go down to USC and they're like, Hey, skinny white kids, you want to come make a movie? And all these film students who know what they're doing, we're like, Oh, we can actually work on this movie. Fuck. Yeah, we'll do it. It'd be funny if (laughs) if that was really them. Like the, you know what I mean? Like they just never got credit for it. Right. Uh, Did you see Dolomite yet? No. uh, I'm going to watch it too. I just haven't had a chance. Um, I'm still, I'm still on the man on the high account. Oh, yeah. going through it now in this analysis let's not forget that it was around this time when he met his first wife marcia yeah yes Marcia. yeah Marcia, because she's Marcia, gonna be a big Marcia. factor in some things that are to come later on okay my kids i know kids no well well yes one miscarriage no. yeah right Aww. right and Meatball. then an adoption so <laughs> he this like tells me like this is this right here is why George Lucas is George Lucas because he's just out of film school, hasn't done shit, hasn't made a movie, working with Francis Ford Coppola, who's a director, but he's not massive, right? And the two of them are like, you know what we should do? We should make a fucking studio. Like the two of us should make American Zeotrope and we'll just make a platform for other directors who don't want to deal with fucking big budget Hollywood bullshit. Mm -hmm. And we're just going to hook everybody up. And it's like, who the fuck are you two? Like you're real. Like they just had like vision and balls in the face of Hollywood. Yeah. And they took off to San Francisco, I think is where they started. And they went, which is why, yeah, which is why that's where, uh, uh, Skywalker, Skywalker Ranch, Ranch and all that stuff yeah. is, but I mean, just the balls. To, and that's again, what, you know, that's what we did here. We're yeah. like, you know what? Yeah. What's a podcast? <laughs> right. have, you know, we should make a studio for other podcasters yeah. to come <laughs> yeah. and join yeah. us and say, fuck the, the norm. So he, I mean, he wasn't just a guy who was good at making sci-fi movies. Like he had fucking vision and he had it the whole time about how Hollywood should work and how to direct and what the technical end is. And, and he really saw all this stuff through. So, um, at this right around this point, uh, and I didn't realize Francis Ford Coppola directed this. He directed Patton, which was his first big hit, which is a fucking amazing. You talked movie. about that movie. Amazing before. movie. Yeah. So good. One of the, like, as a kid, that movie just, like, blew my mind. That was, like, the first war movie that really res. I think that movie might be why I love World War II, 
like Patton really like opened my I eyes. I saw it a long time ago, but I don't recall it. Yeah. Well George C. Scott was just amazing. But I had no idea that was Francis Ford Coppola. And I think it says something that he goes from Patton to Apocalypse Now because there couldn't have been a bigger difference in how to represent a war than those two movies. But um, by the time Patton comes out in then Apocalypse Now, he's got huge clout. And, you know, as is usually the case in Hollywood, I didn't really read this, but I can't imagine that his clout didn't rub off on Lucas. I'm sure that, like, I'm making you know, the Godfather, I think I can get you a meeting, George. But you know, the yeah, Godfather, know. he almost turned that down. Like I watched an interview with Francis Ford Coppola and, and George Lucas were talking about um, what their first movie when they made, what is it, Zoetrope? When they made that film studio, um, they got funding from Warner Brothers for like a five or seven movie um, contract. And what they did first was remake THX mm-hmm. and it didn't do fucking no, well at all. They canceled the whole fucking contract and they were, imbr- they were, they, oh, <laughs> the deal was we'll give you the money to make your first movie but if we hate it you have to pay us back and they fucking hated it and they immediately owed three hundred thousand dollars back to warner brothers so now they're fucked and in debt and so um he has an offer on the table to make something called the godfather but it was like it was not what it is he made it what it was so it was like he's like should i do this, this it's is not what we're trying to do he needs, yeah, yeah but he it was like it wasn't it. really yeah. his style it wasn't right. something he wanted to do with a name like that you feel like it would be um but george's like well you're we're broke you gotta do it and so yeah. he did it like oh i'm broke i guess i'll do this and then it's the godfather <laughs> Fucking crazy. Yeah. Well, the funny thing it's like is they're like they're saving grace. Like, that fucking THX movie, it's like the, you know, there's there's music groups out there who don't appeal to anybody but musicians. Right. And musicians, right. Right. not magicians, I'm right. sorry. Right. Musicians. <laughs> but there are musicians that only <laughs> well, you ask, magicians. Yeah, you ask like a drummer of this fucking band and they're gonna be like, nah, this fucking group right here. Right. This, these dudes are crazy. Right. Like this is, these are some of the most, you know, musical genius fucking group in the world right, right. now. And then you, and normal person, normal ears listens to it. And they're like, what the well, fuck is jazz? Right. Guard that, getting, jazz is yeah. super complex. Yeah. Shit, but the most people are like, what the fuck is, yeah, and so like, is going on? That's, here? that's how I feel about like the THX movie. Like all these other people, these movie people are like, this is shit. Yeah. But you Spielberg sees it and is like, "Fuck, I, I will yeah. never make this movie right. ever." I think we right. watched it because they film. have. I took two semesters at BC a film, and that mm-hmm. was one of the movies we watched. I haven't seen it in so I barely even remember it. I, I've got the the Blu-ray. I need to yeah. watch it again. I think one of their mistakes was trying to re, like you said remaking it. Well, right. maybe not. I mean, well, it was a short. And it was a short, it yeah. But I mean, trying to remake it, you know, what I mean, Robert to try Duvall, and get right? it, yeah, yeah. Oh, Duvall, Damn. Donald Pleasance too. I, yeah, like him, huge. Man. But yeah. his uh, his soon to be wife, Marsha, she actually hated it too. Really, and yeah. Lucas's exact quote to her was something to the effect of, "Is you're stupid, you know nothing because you're just a valley girl. I'm an intellectual." Oh, Damn. Wow. Yeah, and that's, so, and that's that says the, a lot. That's yes. the, yeah. Well, and that's the fault of you know what I mean. They're creating this movie for movie people, not for right. normal people, and they have to realize right. that they need to make movies. You know, for people who she was like, in the well, profession too, though, right? She did. Yeah, she was an editor. Yeah, yeah. but she, she wasn't. She wasn't an intellectual. But she was strong, right. strong-minded, and, and opinionated. Yeah. So well, the other thing, like I way. didn't, I didn't know that about them owing money back to studios. But I promise you that Apocalypse Now did not help them because Apocalypse Now was a clusterfuck. Yeah, like the production was like the worst production in cinema history. It cost so much money. They didn't think they were going to be able to film the movie because everybody was losing their mind in the jungle, high on fucking acid. <laughs> well, like, did did like Godfather the, do well right out the gate? Like was that uh, after he that directed that? Was it like a I'm fucking pretty sure it did. I, don't I think know. it did. Yeah, and yeah. then so they were able to pay that money back. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. What's the name of Interesting. that? Interesting. There's a documentary about Apocalypse Now. 
Apocalypse uh, Then. Did you see the, the Asian version? Apocalypse Now. No, I haven't no. seen that version. Yeah. No. <laughs> but there's a documentary. If you want to see like the worst case scenario of what can happen while you're filming a movie mm-hmm. in Southeast Asia, then Apocalypse Now was it. Like everyone lost their fucking marbles uh, filming that movie and that couldn't have helped their It's like Tropic thing. Thunder. Yeah, exactly. It's the, the Tropic, Tropic Thunder, Thunder is kind of riffing the, on. Yeah, it's yeah. funny like that, yeah. yeah. They make they make a funnier version of it. That's funny, man. I can't. Yeah, Tropic Thunder is great. I was, is great. I, was I need to watch that about again. it. I think I've fucking, only seen it once. That movie is fucking fantastic. I can only write so many things on my hand. I can't have. Dolomite you haven't seen. Patton wait a minute. Tropic Hold Thunder. on a second. You haven't seen Tropic Thunder. I don't know that I've seen it all the way through. You, I know I've seen lots of the fucking Robert Downey Jr. shit. Oh my god. Yeah. I don't know. It's not I've even just him. Through. Like he does great, but even like it, I mean Tom Cruise Tom Cruise off the chain on that. He's like fucking. He's like who's the biggest guy there? Yeah, you. Punch him in the fucking face. Like, you know I mean, just tough like, now, man. You have to have every fucking subscription. I wanted to watch Breakfast Club last night. Yeah, I don't no, know what happened. I, I got, tried to look it up. You got to pay four bucks every you got time a DVD you player? I got Chocolate Thunder on DVD. I'll let you fucking borrow it. If well, we you have can't a, find uh, it. We have a PlayStation, so I, I, know, that'll I work. could, I could yeah. play a DVD, yeah. Yeah, you have to have that. That's like a have-to-have movie, just like Happy Gilmore. It's just anymore. It's hard to fucking find anything. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I have Netflix and fucking Hulu. Well, you know what's great? Since Netflix partnered up with Adam Sandler... All the fucking Adam Sandler, Happy Gilmore movies or or whatever the fucking thing he has are all on there now when they didn't used to be. What they should do, they should make like a place that you can go and like pay money and then they like let you take whatever movie you want to watch. Like a video store? Yeah, like a store for videos. They should have something like that. You would just go It would have all the blockbusters. All the blockbusters would be there. I think is Blockbuster Online shut down? Or videos available. Like videos that they made in Hollywood, like Hollywood videos. They could have those in there. Blockbusters in there. That'd be cool. That'd be crazy. Yeah, because Blockbuster had Flicks that you can normally see on the net. Yeah. I don't know. Did you ever use it, Jason? The Blockbuster service online though that was like Netflix? Yeah, they were trying to compete with Netflix right. yeah. and they'd send you the, the it was DVDs actually the it was actually better though because at the time they had more movies than Netflix yeah. like they had all the new stuff that Netflix wasn't getting it, here in town that like if you were local to Bakersfield Netflix was always better because the hub for the entire West Coast when they when Netflix used oh, you to get ship it the next movies day. Yeah. was in Bakersfield. Nice. Like the warehouse Bro. that shipped everything. So you would like, everybody else you knew was like, oh yeah, I'll get it in three days. It's like, I'm getting that shit tomorrow. <laughs> like it's coming from like downtown. Dish about Blockbuster. It's still alive. Oh, is it? Yes. All right. Yeah. Um, so it makes American graffiti um, and it's... By modern standards, you don't you don't see the the net gross and get your mind blown. But it made 140 million dollars, which in um, 1973, 1973 was a huge win for a movie, especially a movie on a budget of like seven hundred thousand dollars. So it's to this day still considered one of the best budget to return investment movies in the history of cinema because for under a million dollars he made 140 million dollars that's so much i don't money know back what, then. what was hold on though what was the the fucking hobbs and shaw movie that just came out with fucking the rock and that movie was garbage Jason, for the i know record. but i'm saying they made fucking so much all those money. They did, so i know money. they spend so much money yeah but i mean too. they in the first week they had 600 the billion dollars i love the fucking like rock. Mil- whatever the fuck it was 600 million dollars yeah. in the first yeah. week like but yeah. that shit was such garbage well, it's just like Jumanji. What do you think about Jumanji? The new Never ones. seen the movies. The first have you seen Jumanji. the old ones, though? No. I like the first You haven't Jumanji. seen the first? You haven't seen the old ones? No. Oh, wow. That's crazy. What's wrong with you? What did the uh, government do to you? How much time you got? <laughs> I mean, what did the government do to you? So, no, but do you like the new games. Jumanji, though? Uh, the only one I remember was the... Is there... There's a new, new Jumanji? About the new one. Yeah, with The Rock and fucking Jack Black. 
Oh yeah, yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, it was good. Did you, yeah, yeah, see, I didn't like. It. I was well, disappointed. I like, I like disappointed. All those guys, you know what I mean? It was right. yeah, but I like them, but it doesn't make me have to like the movie. You know yeah, what I mean? That's like, true. Right. Just, Hobbs and Shaw garbage though. That really? was fucking terrible. That fucking yeah. car chase with the towing oh, now had because, shit oh, built into it. Oh, because it wasn't realistic. It's, yeah, I got that's, uh, there. We go. Yeah. I'm gonna like it. I know. Nice. Yeah, you are gonna like it. Yeah. So to get back to your point, Dave, I think a more modern example would be something like Joker. Something that was made yes, for absolutely. 10, 20 million and it's made a billion know, dollars. Yeah, billions. Yeah, yeah. No, that I haven't would, seen so. Yeah, for sure. Have you seen that? I have. I, I haven't. I still haven't. Have you? Still no, I haven't. We should go. I know I once, to go I know once Joaquin, Joaquin, uh, what's his name? Hakeem Abdul Jabbar. Joaquin yes. Phoenix. Phoenix. Hakeem Abdul Jabbar Phoenix. Yeah. As soon as he gets into like this crazy mindset, he's a fucking, he's a lunatic, right. you know, like, because uh, I remember him from 8mm, which. You saw right, that having right. Nicholas Cage, yeah. you know, eight millimeter. I don't remember him being in that though. And he's kind of in a weird, weird mm-hmm. role too. You know what I mean? And then he starts getting more popular and it changes. And now he's just crazy. Right. So it's perfect. Yeah. No, I'm dying to see it. I just haven't been. Able I don't to like DC movie. movies though. Like I can't, I can't. I don't think, I don't think that's a normal count. one. Yeah. I don't no, think it's not. I know that. Yeah. But I just, yeah. it's, it's rough for me, man. It's rough. I mean, to me saying the Joker is a DC movie is the same as saying Deadpool is a Marvel movie. Right. Really isn't. Like all the, mm-hmm. all the hallmarks you expect from a Marvel movie, that's not what Deadpool's doing. Like it's a totally yeah, fucking different But it goes thing. with the comic though. I mean, yeah, for sure. Know, Absolutely. Kind of like yeah. Thor Ragnarok, you know, like, yeah. I mean, it has he the hasn't same seen feel. because they Oh, you haven't. Much. No, you I've seen it. it. I oh, don't like it. it. You don't like it? No. He doesn't like the injection of comedy. Like, dude, the big rock guy and fucking Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. I fucking it's kind of like a circle, that, dude. but more like a freaky circle. <laughs> exactly, yeah. dude. That's the that's that the director. Guy. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I look doesn't him up. belong in Thor. His name's like Kawiki Kataki Kataki. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't belong in Thor. That, I thought that movie was great. That tone doesn't. Belong you know who in sucked Thor. in Thor? Huh. Kurt Russell. <laughs> Garbage. You got problems. Garbage. <laughs> we already so, talked about this. We got into a war. Yeah, we. The only, the only movie he's good in the Christmas is all movie. Of is them. the fucking Christmas. Yeah. Whatever it's called. Christmas Chronicles. Yeah. I'm, just, yeah. I'm just talking. Tombstone. Tombstone. So Garbage. He gets you know enough. Great? He gets enough. Val Kilmer. He gets enough coupons. Great. Kurt from, Russell. Garbage. Uh, American Graffiti that the studios will let him make Star Wars. And as we already talked about. And that's cool right there. They you wanna, know who sucks though? Kurt fucking They want to pay him $150,000. Like he made $150,000 to make American Graffiti. They want to just pay him that again to make this bullshit Star Wars movie. Um, in the meantime, he tried to make a Flash Gordon movie, but he couldn't get the rights. Um, you want to know why they didn't let him make it? And he was they, trying to cast Kurt Russell. He um, <laughs> ends up turning down the 150000 or he ends up turning down $500,000 Yeah, because they want to give him a raise. And he says, nope, give me $150,000 and I'll just get the merchandising rights and the, the sequel rights. And they just apparently did Dr. Doolittle, which they tried to merchandise and mm-hmm. they just lost their ass in it because yeah, right. they couldn't sell anything. Because yeah. Kurt Russell was a salesman. Which it, wasn't, which I suspect <laughs> won't be the case of the new Doolittle movie starring. Probably not. Uh, they fired that motherfucker. Uh, Eddie Murphy, Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. Oh, that's gonna sell. Yeah, it's coming yeah. out. It's coming out like right now, like ish. It's already on my Amazon. Wait a boxes. minute, Doctor Doolittle. Gonna be Dr. Robert Downey. Uh-huh. That's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Mm. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, good. No, that's like, and that's a scary thing about modern day marketing. I only know that movie's coming out because of my Amazon boxes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> man, I'm, I'm kind of upset at Amazon too, though. Like when you're trying to watch movies on Amazon Prime, like they force you to watch these commercials. 
like for their upcoming shit. Like before it starts. Yeah. And it's that like shit no skip. Me the fuck no off. skip. Like you're just like, oh, motherfucker, two minutes. Hulu is super hit shit. or miss. I still can't fucking figure it out. Like I'll start a movie. It doesn't say anything weird. Like it's a movie. Yeah. And I press fucking play and then I see those dots all down the timeline. I'm like, fuck it, not Your watching it off. Yeah. I turn it off immediately. I can't do it. A fucking regular movie will take like twice as long. I gotta I watch a fucking ne- three commercials. I have never watched a TV show on Hulu that had a commercial. I fucking hit it all the time, dude. Even <laughs> full length movies never have happened. commercials. Never. And I have the no commercial pay never thing. happened i dude. googled it and everyone's like i pay for no commercials on hulu there's tons of people mad they're like well yeah. certain ones that come yeah, from certain it's companies never they're licensed they're licensed and they have yeah. to have commercials yeah, yeah. never yeah. Had some network happen. thing yeah, yeah. but no i'm with i'm with brad on that that's what pisses me off about the hbo now yeah. app is it's yeah. like i go into what i'm watching like i'm just watching an hbo now show i have hbo now like what do you want from me you've I'm got my money you. every fucking month paying it doesn't matter you don't need to show me ads i, I already yeah. have it and then it's like oh you should go watch this other show who gives a shit you got my money i don't need to watch anything shut the fuck up yeah i don't know so he ends up uh kind of like us pushing pod belly shows like why would i go listen to the other show here? yeah, yeah shoot, fucking because garbage. it's awesome star yeah. wars all the time um <laughs> so <laughs> he uh he gives that up and um within um a very short amount of time he ends up making a ton of money back i think between 19 between 1977 and 1978 star wars sold a hundred million dollars worth of toys Fucking yes. crazy. And he was the one getting the big fat taste out of that. I yep. mean, Fox was still getting money, but he owned. He, well, the if he owned the rights, Fox, yeah. Fox I mean, is just getting a little bit. When of I was a, in, I remember kindergarten, first, second, third. Like that's all. I was like 1984. I was in kindergarten, I think. And it was just that's That was the toys, dude. Yeah. Fucking Star Wars. I had all kinds of shit that I wonder about. I had a Millennium Falcon. I had all I kinds remember of fucking little characters. When I was a kid, I got the, I got the first Star Wars toys that you had to you, it was like on the back of a cereal box. The fucking Kenner cereal thing box, out. empty yep. thing. And you would oh, fucking wow. mail it out and you would just get like the empty fucking box. And then months <laughs> later, you finally got your box with action figures. And I remember, I remember distinctly because my brother and I both sent them off on the same fucking day. And I got my box back from Kenner before my brother did. And my mom mm. put it up on a fucking shelf and I couldn't open oh, it. Oh, what a bitch. Wow. And it was like a week before my brother showed up and the little brown box was just sitting. Didn't just they send out an empty thing first? Or yeah, something? that's what he just said. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was, you got oh, an empty, empty box. Yeah, yeah empty you went box. to the store, yeah. you got the empty box. Yeah. Right. And yeah. then eventually you got the yeah. real one in the mail. Right. And this so, was all because they had no idea. Because they didn't have the toys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. You and watched even, that the so, toys the toys that made us yeah, right? yeah, that's yeah, fucking, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. so episode. what got what got you into Star Wars? I, I don't know if the people who listen to your podcast already know, but like I don't know the story. Like, and this is like I mean well, I how, grew, old, how old are you? I, I am forty two. Yeah, yeah so, see, and yeah. I grew up in the Ninja Turtles, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, so you came uh, after you G.I. Joe. You right, know what I mean? Because that like, was all the shockwave yeah. after the, the Star Wars merchandise right, yeah, did big. Right. That's when all these other toy companies are like, fuck, we need to co-brand right, yeah, all of right, our toys yeah, with these yeah. TV shows or whatever. That's when you get your G.I. Joe, your Transformers, yeah. fucking yeah, Thundercats. They were already toys. They just made shows to match the toys on some of that shit, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. But, but at first yeah. they couldn't even do it because there were FCC regulations that said if you had a television commercial or you, you had a, you had a cartoon, couldn't make you toys. couldn't make toys or right. backpacks or fucking whatever. And the FCC was lobbied to change those rules. And guess what? Within a year, He-Man, G.I. Joe, Transformers, yeah. My Little Pony, fucking Rainbow Bright, like it yeah. all hit at once because the law changed right. and everybody could do what, but it wasn't a rule with movies, yeah. but movies were such a high budget risk. No one was willing yeah. to take the risk. See, and I know, I know what it's like to get emerged into something that like somebody puts out something like, 
I was, you know, super in insane clown posse. Like when we were young, you know, we were rebellious. We just didn't give a fuck. And like, you know what I mean? Me and all my friends fucking wore ninja masks into stores. Yeah. You know what I mean? They thought we were robbing them, you know, and we we're just buying a candy bar, yeah. you know? And so I, I know what it is to get totally immersed into something because of culture mm-hmm. or because of like, you know, your beliefs or values or whatever the fuck. But like what, like what sparked your, um, you know, enthusiasm into Star Wars to where you're 42 now, you have a Star Wars podcast. Well, it was one of those things where I was kind of right kid at the right time. I was a year old when the first Star Wars came out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I obviously don't remember any of that. But by the time I was four or five years old, it was still massive because the sequel had come out. They were working on Return of the Jedi. The toys mm-hmm. were fucking everywhere. And that's it was always in my life. But then looking back on it, remember watching those movies as a kid and yeah. just being in awe, just sitting there and just wow, this is just so amazing to see this on screen, the original movie. And then I saw Return of the Jedi in theaters. It was the first one I saw right. in theaters yeah. right. at six years old, seven years old. And I was hooked at that point. I think yeah. there's something to be said for when you see something as a child too, during that weird stage yeah, of development. Some I, I, I get it. Neural you know? network yeah. bond happens of nostalgia. That's like, there's a bunch of fucking yeah. goonies. shit. That's why I play Magic I know that's the Gathering. A kid movie. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, right. yeah, that's why I mean, Which I love sure that you, too. yeah. So, I mean, yeah. it's the same thing, you know, Brent collects Robux. If fucking Brent walks by a Walkman in the fucking pawn shop or fucking somewhere he has no, to buy it that room know? has a bunch like a couple hundred dollars worth of robots in dust yeah but it's because 1985 christmas yeah. got one of those robots right. and and right. the old radios and stuff right. like that you're you know that's i have my atari 800 yeah. xl in yeah. a fucking box under I'm, my I'm, fucking bed i'm completely the same way i just yeah. you know i missed the mark for star wars i right. think you know because i'm i'm a nerd you know what i mean i like comic book stuff i like magic the gathering i like you know stuff like that you weren't I just exposed never, to it during right yeah and now. so i've always been the anti-star wars person because all my shit is well, i think not, that happens you know, with like sports too like, yeah. I give a fuck about yeah. sports. Like you yeah. don't, you don't give a fuck about yeah. sports for the most part. Yeah. You don't care about sports. Yeah. You care about sports. Well, I do like, you I do like sports. I, I see. And, I, and that's, what's weird about me. Like I don't watch sports. But I don't, your dad, did your dad like sports? That was my question. Like when you're like, do you have a fu- someone yeah, in the my, house? My stepdad was a big 49ers fan. So yeah. I am a big 49ers. See, fan, I hadn't, yeah. so. I didn't have a father figure that gave a fuck about sports. Yeah. At and all. I, you know, I really didn't either, but like my dad's, it's weird because like my dad's friend was an Eagles fan, you know, Philadelphia Eagles fan. Oh yeah. And I was young. And he always had Eagle stuff. That's all the football talk we can do. <laughs> well, yeah. So you hit it. You said two teams. It's yeah. over. So, so, so like that. That was the thing. Like I became because of association an right. Eagles fan. Like right. I, he right. always right. wore the stuff. Right. He was a cool dude. I wanted to wear the stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? And then you know, growing up, you know, collecting baseball cards. You know what I mean? Like I have that same nostalgia for mm-hmm. baseball cards. You know, Frank Thomas. You know, like. uh, Ventura, you know what I mean? Ozzie Guillen, you know, who's the coach for the White Sox now, you know, like I collected baseball cards. I had a yeah. shit ton, but and it was just a collecting. I thing. became, I became a White Sox fan because of kind of the cards and the mm-hmm. people at that time. Yeah. Now I give a shit, you know what I mean? I'm right. like, Oh, that's still my team, but I don't watch it. I don't, you know, like it's a weird thing, you know? So yeah, so do you, it do you, is that nostalgia. Do you still have your toys? I do. Yeah. I do uh, still have a lot wow. of my toys on what's display your, your, in our studio. What's your, I don't what's have, your address? <laughs> I don't have long way. I don't have any of my ships, which breaks my heart. Yeah. Um, I don't have any of my ships, but I've still got my Darth Vader collector case. Yeah. Completely oh, yeah. full of all of my action. That's the one that the face opens it's, up and uh-huh. they fit inside of it. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. I, I, I go down to Frankenstein's down in LA. It's collectibles, you know, show every weekend. They do it twice Frank a week. Frankenstein's Frank and, and, and murder. And, uh, it's a mix. well, no. And I, I send Brent like a picture of like a Ghostbusters thing or Jurassic Park thing. And he's like, oh, you know, like, oh, your son would love this. And he's like, how much? I'm like, oh, it's 150 bucks. And it's like a Lego set, you know, yeah. like, Shit's expensive. Yeah. Yep. 
expanded. Yeah, I don't know. My son got that. My son just like, I mean, guess we showed him dinosaurs and then Jurassic Park because he's 10. Yeah. And he's like, that fool only wants vintage shit. He's like, I don't it's, want any part of that Jurassic world. He wants 1992 fucking but he takes tenor. after you he sees the you little know? emblem he knows on the back of the things like this still works when yeah. he was like seven years old he had saved up money from like fucking losing teeth and report cards and bullshit and birthdays and he spent 92 dollars and 10 cents on a 1992 jeep uh, jungle explorer that was in like mint condition only missing the string to the harpoon or some shit he's a little <laughs> kid dude he yeah. was like this is what i want i was like that's all your money you could get a tablet he's like nope i want that what are you gonna do with it Put it on a shelf. Yeah. Nice. Well, my son, he set a yeah. party for him and we got him a, a construction cake. And, you know, it had tractors on it. That's mm -hmm. cool. And he wanted construction right. cake. He wanted a backhoe on it, you know. And 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 then I said, Well, what if it what if we got you a SpongeBob cake? And he looked at me and he's like, uh, no, no, I don't like no, that. So what nice. about Mickey Mouse? He's like, Nope. nope. I want a I want a construction cake. And I said, Well, what if it's a what if it's a lawn mowing cake? What if it's a gardener cake? And he's like, yeah, I like that. Does that have a lawnmower on it? I said, yeah. And I said, well, you know what I mean? Like he wants like, I said, what if it's got tools on it? And he's like, yeah, I like that. I want tools that's on my cake. Funny. You know, like, so, but he always like, that's probably, I, I was like, man, I hope your work ethic follows you into fucking yeah, no high shit. school because yeah. he wants to work with yeah. me. Like he wants to follow me around and work on stuff. Like that's all he wants to do. If I mow the lawn, I have the lawnmower out. He's got his little lawnmower out. If I'm start blowing stuff off or weed eating, he's got his weed eater or blower, yeah. you know, like he has the little yeah. toy ones, you know, like, so you do drugs, funny, he'll do drugs. He learned it from watching if you. I do drugs, he right. does drugs. Yeah. He learned right. it from watching yeah. you. You yeah. remember that shit? Yeah, I do. Yeah. And so, you know, he's going to look back on those days with yeah. fond memories. Yeah, yeah for so, sure. It's going to be a sure. strong memory for him. Yeah. And, and jujitsu, I told him when he's five, he can go to jujitsu and he still asks me like nice. can go all four. the time. Yeah, he can. Yeah. But I told him five. He's a little, yeah, he actually might do good with ornery. Yeah. He's crazy. So yeah, the, the nostalgia of things, I understand. Yeah. It's a, it's a so, strong power. So let me touch on what a lot of people think, not just me, why Star Wars was so successful. And I mentioned it earlier, but it all harkens back to this guy, Joseph Campbell. And he's he writes a book called The Hero with a Thousand Faces, where he looks at all these different, what they call an archetypal romance, which isn't what we think it is, but the type of story that Star Wars is, is in classical terms, what they call an archetypal romance. And I just want to talk about some of the archetypes that Joseph Campbell lays out, because as soon as you talk about him, you're going to be like, oh shit, yeah, that's fucking Star Wars. Like this isn't an accident that these things found their way into yeah. it. So the main character types are the hero, right? And I'll talk more about the hero's quest in a minute, but there's the scoundrel who's an ally of the hero who reluctantly joins the cause because they're more worried about themselves than anything else. Is that Han Solo? They're loners. Don't they literally call him a scoundrel? Yeah, they do. Point? Yeah. They're loners. Is that Han Solo though? And, yeah, yeah, it is? Okay. and there's something, there's a possession that they own, which is like the equivalent of the physical manifestation of them as a person, which is the Millennium Falcon. Like it's fucking a broke down piece of junk, but it's super reliable and it like encompasses what he is. There's the wise man or the wizard who gives a talisman to the hero before they become a hero Yoda. that starts them on the quest, which in the first one is Obi-Wan Obi who gives him what? his lightsaber, lightsaber. Um, which starts him on the quest. Um, there's an earth mother figure um, which Leia Organa doesn't get much more earth mothery than that. There's what he calls a dark father 
which literally is why he named him Darth Vader because it's Dark Father. Hmm. Um, and the in Dark German? Father is some evil father hmm. figure that has hmm. to be defeated in order for the hero to save the day, which is exactly what... The other I, The other thing is that's interesting is it, it both happens in the first Star Wars movie, like the hero's quest occurs just in that, and a longer version of the hero's quest occurs through the whole trilogy as one story as well, right? Hmm. Um, but the he has to face a dark doppelganger of himself, which is like the infamous bizarre makes no sense tree sequence in the empire strikes back. Like that made perfect goes, sense. What are you talking yeah, about? Exactly. So, but it does in the archetypes, it all fits the archetypes. They have to, um, there's the death of the father figure, which happens when Obi-Wan dies. Spoiler alert. Um, <gasps> there's, um, a rebirth, um, for the hero. They have someone often, um, the scoundrel or the hero get captured by an ogre in a tower and all of the hero's friends have to band together to rescue the scoundrel from the ogre's tower. Carbonite. Yeah, exactly. Like, the, like yeah. exactly the, the slaying the dragon, only the hero can slay the dragon and, and deal the final blow, but he directly relies on his allies that he's met through his journey. So Luke can't do it unless R2 fixes the ship and unless Han Solo flies in and saves him with Chewbacca, like all of this stuff together. So Even Guardians they, of the Galaxy, all the, that stuff. The hero yeah. gets the call to action. They refuse the call to action. You know, he can't go and and with Obi-Wan because the moisture harvest is due soon, but then something forces He also his has hands. to pick up some power converters from the Tashi Tashi system, station yeah. yeah um the but then something forces his hand and he has to cross the threshold and leave the normal world into this mystical world it's like this is like 20 percent of the archetypes that i've just mentioned yeah, and, and you said too like guardians guardians of the galaxy like you saying that like Everything. you start seeing that like that is Everything. how it plays out you know like this whole to, thing start yeah. to realize it yeah, yeah you see behind the curtain of kurt like, russell the, yeah. shitty shitty kurt russell <laughs> the, the father the dark father yeah. you so, know but to the point that darth russell um, yeah, darth russell after the success of the Star Wars trilogy, and I can't forget, I can't remember this guy's name, but he studied what Lucas did. He actually studied under Joseph Campbell and and all this stuff. And then he went to Hollywood as a screenwriter and his movies, and I don't remember what they were, but every movie he wrote was a massive success. And they weren't science fiction. They were like a romance or a Princess drama Bride. or a whatever, but they mm-hmm. all, like, I mean, you, you if going? you look at Fight Club, if you look at American Beauty, like all of them follow the archetypal quest. It's just, there's literally not a dragon to slay. There's some personal Right. You know, it's a metaphor. It's I a mean, metaphor. it's a metaphor. Yeah. But this guy went out and everybody was like, why do all of your movies sell? And he's like, because I'm doing exactly what George Lucas did. And everybody was like, you're not doing anything like George. What do you fucking mean? And he was right, like yeah, this. The story. So then every studio started to hire this guy to teach all of their screenwriters how to write a story because this is the story. This is yeah. the quintessential archetypal and that's Western why, story. And that's why a lot of movies kind of have that same. You can sit there and watch a movie like, oh, this is going to happen. Yep. Because they the follow arc- that. Arc- but the problem yeah. is if it doesn't happen, you don't like it and you don't know why right. you don't like yeah. it. Cause it's not well, like when it has the hanger right. ending, like or you're like, something. it doesn't like, happen. She's like, so lovely. John Travolta. Fuck that movie. <laughs> I walked out of the theater. Fuck that movie. But oh, here's man. the thing. I think that's the problem with the current star Wars movies. I don't think they're following the archetypal romance. Right. I don't think they are within the individual movies. I think they kind of are with individual characters like Ray's story and, and everybody's different stories, but we don't get that quest. There's no, this is the hero. This is his or her quest. We're going through the archetypes. And because of that, it doesn't resonate. And we might not know why it doesn't resonate, but it doesn't resonate. So you're just yeah. saying you're just watching them just to watch them because it's part of the, 
the other problem the that that Wars makes thing. though, I mean, it might have like revolutionized like monetizing it, made everything very successful, and made us like a bunch of movies. But I think it stagnates creativity for the fact that like no one can come up with anything new that's a new concept because it's going to follow that fucking cookie cutter pattern. It's the same thing, and as studios music. are going to be like, we're not going to pay for it unless it has three sequels. You know that are going to follow this thing. It's going to be right. a saga across three movies. Well, Harry and we Potter need it to fit that program. Here's, I believe Harry Potter has the same. Yep. It's the same art. Yeah. But here's you, the problem. Think about it. Here's yeah. the problem, though. Like I said, with a big, wide appeal movie, if it doesn't hit those archetypes, the story doesn't work. It right. just doesn't <laughs> because it's so it's ingrained in Western storytelling for four thousand years. Like this is what everyone expects to have happen in a certain type of story, right? Right from a certain point of view. Um, in a certain Japanese movies are all sad, but it was all just yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But no, then go watch a Jackie Chan movie. Totally different archetypes. He's got two girlfriends that aren't his girlfriends. Like we, like just weird shit. (laughs) Asian dudes never get the fucking chick. No, any movie you can't find it. Well, just like black guys always die first in the horror movie. (laughs) Yeah. So there's different. Like wait, you got a you got a horror movie. Wait a minute, but you have a black guy and he he dies second. No, this isn't gonna work. But I also think it's why the prequels didn't resonate because he also didn't follow it like he himself didn't follow it properly in the in although it's hard to because now you're dealing with an anti-hero in his fall etc but it doesn't hit those archetypes so it doesn't resonate with the culture but like you said harry potter did it fucking transformers movies do it like every Everything big franchise it. Yeah. you can Anything think of games. it follows those all yeah. those because it has games, to yeah. and like i said people don't consciously realize it doesn't fall it's like david lynch doesn't follow those archetypes and his movies yeah. don't make any fucking sense and they're not supposed to you know yeah. so it's like it's it's the but it's the double-edged sword like yeah. well then i can't create anything original and it's like well you can but nobody's gonna like it so right. with your call, <laughs> a few nerds will like it. Yeah. 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 But not, not on a deep level. Cause it doesn't reach your archetype. Like right. it pushes, it pushes psychic buttons, like unconscious buttons that some people it tickles argue, your DNA. Yeah. It tickles your DNA. Exactly. That's exactly yeah. right. Like it's like people get almost mystical about the archetypes. Like it exists like beyond just cultural stereotypes, it's like some psychic yeah. vibration it's, that we it's, all pick it's up. It's like on. the uh, the you force. Know, I guess. Well, it's yeah. like um, uh, not terrorism, but what's the astrology? Yeah, you know the you know you're I'm a Taurus. Oh yeah, yeah. astroglide. I, I yeah, astroglide. Yeah. yeah, on the astroglide. It's water based. You're, you're so, a yeah. tourist on the astroglide. I'm a tourist on the astroglide. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you follow like if you're like I don't believe in that shit, and then you start reading about this, you know, oh this is you, and you're like reading you're like oh no, that kind of is me, yeah, and then you're like oh that's yeah. bullshit. Though. Let me read yeah. the other ones. I bet they're all similar, and you're like nope, none of those nah, other ones are nah, similar. But that's my buddy, <laughs> and that's my wife. Yeah, she's a bitch. Yeah, but again, I think there is something archetypal to being born in this season. Yeah, it must have an impact on your psychology that follows you late or whatever. But so, yeah, I I think that. So if you are studying screenwriting, if you're studying storytelling, it would do you good to read The Hero with a Thousand Faces because you should at least consciously know what people are doing. And oftentimes you'll tell a story and do those things and you're not even aware of it. It's so ingrained in storytelling that these things just happen, whether or not this. But Lucas like goes on record saying, no, that's what I did. My goal was to create a new mythology with these movies and which again, the most egotistical thing you could fucking say, like, but guess what? He did it. Right. <laughs> like, like even if you don't was, know Star Wars, you know Yoda, said, you know Darth Vader. He said, "I'm George with a capital G." I was like, "This motherfucker throwing the god <laughs> thing in there." I was like, "Yeah." 
<laughs> so can we take a step back real quick to the mm-hmm. original movie, the original Star Wars? Yes. Because when he turned in the first cut of that movie, apparently it was dog shit. It went over like a fart in church. It okay. was terrible. Well, they didn't have the special effects scenes. They had they, dog they, fights they from like have, war, yeah. like planes. They had like biplanes and shit in there or something. <laughs> they also yeah. didn't have the John Williams score, which was mm, huge yeah. for that movie and for the whole saga. And it was just a, a poor editing job. And one of the big things that they did was they brought in his then wife, Marsha, to as one of two editors. So they were already to, married? Yes, I okay. believe they were married at this point when Star Wars came out. And her and this other editor, they had to kind of recut the whole movie just to kind of have it make sense. She's like, and make George, it flow better. this is shit. Okay. Yeah. And it, apparently, yeah, the, there was no confidence in it after this first wow. viewing. They're like, wow. And I think they boring. struggled a lot too this because is... the whole crew was uh, British and they wouldn't work overtime and yeah. they were like four <laughs> weeks behind. And so he'd had have, he would, instead of them working overtime, he'd have three crews filming different things simultaneously and on set and run over and be like, well, you guys are on the fucking X-Wing thing right now. Do this. Try to take that over. Run back over. Because they wouldn't work after hours. Wow. And they, they thought, oh, he, who's this fucking young fucking hot shot from the, from America? And they didn't see eye to eye. So they, they faced obstacle after obstacle. And then they had that rough cut had fucking plane fights and shit. Yeah. And score, I went, I, I mean, I'm not, I didn't go to film school at USC, but I took a couple of classes on film um, right. at Bakersfield College. And it was like film score. We ha- they, There was this one part where we went over that and they showed someone, and I've talked about this before, they showed a scene, like a 30-second scene, and we were supposed to write how we felt the um, actor felt about whatever they were doing. What emotion were they experiencing? Yeah. Um, what's different about these clips? And it, it turned out it was the same fucking clip, but it was scored differently. Right. So you yeah. watched it, and you're like, well, so it looks like sad. That guy's fucking sad. Or like, oh, they're thinking yeah. intensely. They're thinking about something. They're not sad. Yeah. And you went through the whole thing, and they're like, it's actually the same clip. It was just scored right. differently. And you're right. like, what the fuck? That was the same clip? Yeah. And it's amazing what music can do and like you said before without having the star wars music like that's crazy that that yeah. guy wrote that i can't imagine like someone thought of that fucking song yeah. with all those fucking parts yep oh yeah. yeah you could spend a whole episode talking about john williams yeah. alone yeah right? yeah yeah i, I yeah. think his wife uh, his then wife which we might get into that later but uh yeah she does not get nearly enough credit for the the, the final product right. of the original star wars movie. right right yeah. but he was yeah. the genius though Right. He was the well, he kind of was, though. I mean... Well, he was the visionary. Well, you need, right, right. That, that's the one thing you need, though, like, as as being a visionary, you need people around you who can... Call perform, your shit. Who, yeah. who can, you know, the original script Steve Jobs, like, you know. I don't know, like, 300, 500 pages or something. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because it was right. all the way through Jedi, yep. and then he had to fucking cut it down. He's like, well, I guess there's going to be sequels. We can't put all this fucking shit in here. Right. To the point that they took the Death Star and fucking moved it, and they're like, oh, shit, we blew up the Death Star. What do we do? Like, he had to do all these fucking, like, compromises and shit. So he is a genius. He wrote that whole fucking right. crazy story. Yeah, you know what right. I mean? But yeah. you gotta but you, need your, help, you gotta though. surround yourself yeah. with people who can. Other right. people well, are it's the same thing. Things. Like somebody can write a book and they're not gonna necessarily be able to make a movie. Or right. you made a movie about the book and the and the book's good and the movie's right. shit. Right. You know, like right. I mean, there's you know, or the movie's good and the book's or not. Or you're, you're a great, great cook, you know? but you don't kill chickens. You know what I mean? There's yeah. there's there's parts to right. everything. You right. need yeah. you need people around you to do the other things. Yeah, you're getting it delivered. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's it's not it's DiGiorno. Yeah. Yeah. So it's made for $11 million. Star Wars is it grosses $513 million and it's really the birth of the blockbuster, the summer blockbuster. And it's one thing that I'm sad about with the new movies is since Disney bought it, they all come out in December when every other Star Wars movie came out in May and I'm used to the May. Hmm. May the fourth be with you. Yeah, exactly. But now they all come out in December. Um, because Christmas and toys, that's why. Pretty much. Yeah, shopping. Yep. So um, Empire comes out, Return of the Jedi comes out. They're still huge. They actually do 
less than the first one did, which by today's standards would be seen as a fucking irreversible failure. Like your sequels <laughs> can't make less money than the original, but everyone was still like, no, this is massive. This is a huge phenomenon. And of course the merchandising was making more and more and more right. um, with every single movie. Um, and then he starts to branch off. He ends up uh, producing um, Indiana Jones um, and turning it over to Steven Spielberg, which to be honest is why it was so good because and Lucas, he wrote the story for the, he did write him. the story. Yeah. And I mean, but Lucas was in there in that creative capacity and then he let Spielberg, Spielberg direct it. So yeah. Spielberg does his thing, knocks it out of the park, um, just hit after hit. I mean, this I watched the interview with factor. the crew on there and they were like, man, they just work so well together. Like yeah. uh, George Lucas would come in and say, Hey, I, I, we should do this. What do you think about that? And there was never any like battle for like hierarchy. Right. It was like, well, you know, you're the director. I, I was just like, he'll make a suggestion, but it was just like flow. Like, yeah, that's a great idea. Right. So right. it just always fucking worked. Right. And never... Indiana Jones is, I wanted to be an arch or an archeologist. Like right. when I yeah. first saw yeah. Indiana Jones, yeah. like I wanted to be an yeah. archeologist. And then I dope. found out yeah. what a real archeologist did. Yeah. And I was like, this is garbage. Well, like, I watched Steven Spielberg uh, talk about Raiders of the Lost Ark, and he said the final scene where everyone's face melts off and the arc opens up and all that yeah. shit, it was originally like a six-minute scene, and George Lucas came in and was like, it's just way too fucking long. It's way too much. And he made a complete, he made that cut that you see that's mm. like two minutes, three minutes, they and Steven Spielberg was like, melters. it fixed yeah. the movie. He's like, I had way too much shit on there. Right. I, used, I had right, a, yeah. access to all these special effects, but it doesn't mean I have to fucking use them. Right. It wasn't the best artistic like vision, yeah. and he said that number one out of all the things things George Lucas does, Steven Spielberg said he is an amazing editor. Like he really knows what he's doing when it comes to editing. And he credits like the ending of the fucking Raiders of the Lost Ark. He's like, I think that's which is funny because that comes right, later, you right, know, the yeah. first cut of star Wars, it was horrible. And he probably learned a bunch of shit from his, you know, then wife, you know, like, right. so, which but is I think, funny. I think you would also in a certain like couple of decades, if you're dealing with a sequence that's heavy in special effects, if George Lucas says do it this way, you fucking do it that way. Oh, sure. Because yeah. nobody on earth knew more about special effects than yeah. George Lucas. That's why he created Industrial Light and Magic. I mean, I always marvel at uh, James Cameron for his like technical filmmaking, the things he invents and comes up with. And he won't release a movie until the technology catches up with his concept. But those concepts are all delivered by George Lucas. Yep. Like, I mean, he says, I'm not ready. You know, I can't release Terminator two until I have a T 1000 in it. And George Lucas is like, we'll get on that. Like, we'll, we'll figure that out. We'll get you, we'll get your liquid, we'll get your liquid metal. Cause yeah. I've like, while I was doing the research, I even read that the original script for the original Terminator in 1984 was basically, T2. It was a T800 played by Arnold up against a liquid metal T1000, but everybody was like, are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> like, that's not possible. Yeah. So he changed it to a human who came back to fight the T800, and then, you know, 15 years later or whatever, when the technology's finally there um, from ILM, he can make, you know, T2, even I mean, the stuff he did on Aliens, the stuff the he Abyss. did on Avatar, the Abyss, all of that is from ILM, because he has... I think that was that that scene in the abyss was the first time they ever had like a uh, a digitally like that someone interacted with pseudomorph yeah yeah when that thing fucking goes that water snake comes through and makes her face well it's it's amazing what those guys create like they get on these sets and they're like you know what we need we need some sort of track for this camera to run on nobody's ever needed it before or they did and they didn't know it and all of a sudden they create this thing that becomes something that everybody fucking uses during yeah. every Dude, all those filming scenes session. on fucking uh, Star Wars, they made those sliding tracks like they didn't have that before, where they mm-hmm. could move the cameras and the move. Yeah, that was well. And we did the little short in models. here, and they yeah. set up a fucking track for right. the camera to go on. You know, like wow. and it's it's they use it in everything now. Somebody was like, "Fuck, that's what we need." 
But and it blows then my mind that huge. those are little fucking models. That's yeah, fucking yeah, crazy. Yeah. Like they made huge yeah. fucking yeah. models. Yeah. yeah. So then what are you, so we get through all that stuff. He makes a shitload of money. Lucas uh Lucas Arts comes out, which makes all the novels, the whole you know, expanded universe from the Star Wars world, video games, some amazing video games, some yeah. dog shit video games um come out of their company. Um the that all sets him up to want to finally make the prequels. And one article that I read said that he wanted to do the prequels for a while, but he felt like the technology was finally there for him to do it the way he wanted to do it. Had you read yeah, pretty something much. along the lines of that? Yeah. And I did read one thing. This was years ago that I read this. Like when he wanted to make the prequels, the movie studios were like, that's way too much money. We know they're going to be huge, but you're not going to get the seed money for that. And he was like, well, don't worry about it. I'll pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> I got yeah, it. Yeah. Well, because the Phantom Menace, I think is still considered the most successful independent film of all because time. Because he funded it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was not funded by a studio. Like yeah. that was just George Lucas cutting a check. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus Christ. Yeah. Sounds good. Here yeah. you go. Now there was a period in the early eighties where he was a little short on cash. Right. right. So the, the wife that I keep bringing up, she, in 1982, she asked for a divorce. Mm-hmm. From she George fell Lucas. in love with someone else and mm-hmm. fucking left his ass and took half right. of his shit. Yeah. Well, and one of his the things she said was he was, he was too engrossed in his work. Right. He was too emotionally unavailable. And he asked her, okay, can we put this off until after return of the Jedi? Comes <laughs> out? Cause I need, I need this good public image, you know? Yeah. Right. Really, so he she, needed the money. Yeah. So she acquiesced, but the settlement ended up being, Fifty million dollars, something like that, in uh, 1983, which is yeah, a lot of money. fucking money. Yeah, yeah, like so, it put him in a weird spot where he yeah. he almost didn't have enough money to continue. Like he right. had employees to fucking pay for right. a bunch of shit, and it broke. So his then ass. was that and when he sold? Pixar? That's when he sold the company that would eventually become Pixar right. to Steve Jobs. Right. So that was how Pixar came to be was because his wife raked him over the coals and took half of his fucking money. <laughs> so he had or to more. sell part of ILM to make money. Yeah. Or was that pre ILM? It's pre. That would be pre. Yeah, this was again or it in became 80, it or something. I can't remember. I think it was in '86 is when he sold that part off to Steve Jobs. Which so, okay, so ILM should have already been right. What year was ILM? Uh, I'm trying to. Find. You just have '93, '86. Says That's here. That's what he did. 80, ILM. Uh, well, no. Because Pixar. So, yeah, they, they were sold to Steve Jobs in '86. '86. Yeah. So. So that was my uh, only question. Animation was, was Studio it, Pixar was founded in 1979. So was it so part of ILM period. or was it pre Yeah, well, it was part of Lucasfilm. It was Lucas part Film. of the computer yeah. group Got of it. Lucasfilm. Got it. Got and it. he sold that off to, to... Steve Jobs, oddly. Yeah, it is. Like like Star Trek to yeah. yeah. Liar. Young Sherlock Holmes, all yeah. that stuff. I didn't see who she left him for, though. I never saw that. She said she felt... Like, on the interview thing, he was emotional about it still to this fucking day. Like, now with gray hair and his job of the hut neck. Have you seen that man's fucking neck? I sure have. What is wrong with his neck? Who, Lucas? He's got diabetes, man. Come on. He's not a skinny guy, but he's not a huge fat guy. You know what I mean? Like, he's like short and round. You know what I mean? He just carries his weight in his neck. In his neck, dude. And he, but then he does the fucking tech beard. Well, instead of having the neck beard, he cuts it and trims it right there and it really accentuates it. Right. But it is like a fucking trappy neck. It's a backdrop to his beard. There's no Adam's apple. Yeah. It is a boat sail of skin. Yeah. He goes windsurfing. Wind the thing surfing is, it's like, yes, old pe- he's like 70 something, yeah. right? So he has, a, old people have turkey gobble for sure. Yeah. But that shit is full. It's like an inflated turkey gobble. Yeah. He looked like one of those frogs. Yeah. The little frogs yeah, that can blow their neck fro- up. Yeah. It looks like that. Bullfrog. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, it's, it's a weird thing. He, like, he likes tubing behind boats. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. So it's thoughts on the prequels? I don't know. What are the prequels? <laughs> like a, Phantom Menace. I can't uh, stand I Hayden know. Christensen. 
it I've never seen anything. him. I've I mean, never you, seen you him. You pretty much said it already. If he had given the director reins to somebody else, somebody who actually knew how to direct actors right. and make them, you know, actually right. give performances as right. opposed to wooden dialogue yeah. delivery, right. you know, they would have been a lot better. But like because what? he was so he wanted control over everything at that point because mm-hmm. Star Wars was, you know, his it's whole his baby. life. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. His baby. Yeah. So at this point in his life, he just he was a control freak. And so he had to write, direct, right. and and produce. And it, it's funny because we talk about his divorce. You watch this. Uh, there's a documentary that was tied to episode one. It's called mm-hmm. uh, The Beginning, which a phenomenal documentary, by the way. It, it came on the, the DVD and Blu-ray for Phantom Menace when it oh, first wow. came out. And it was this real extensive behind the scenes, how Phantom Menace was created. And one of the first lines in it was George Lucas saying, this is like a marriage. You know, doing this, it takes for the prequels. It was what nine years of his life, right? Basically, yeah. because each one took three years to make, or that's more. why he sells to Disney because he told himself like he was going to make more, but he was like, it will take me ten years. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to. I might die. Like I might. And he actually it said, years. "Me selling this to Disney is like a divorce." Yeah. Right. Like I read him. I read yeah. him saying. Well, a that. lot of people he was also married, think married that, to the game. That we were yeah. robbed. Yeah. We were robbed. The world was robbed of all kinds of crazy movies he would have made. But Star Wars became such a fucking crazy thing yeah. that it consumed George Lucas and it became his thing. Where it was like he made a kid movie about some people in space. Like he didn't know that it was going to be so crazy. Right. And what would he have gone on to make had oh, it yeah. not been for Star Wars becoming this monster? Like I if think he wouldn't have tried to direct I, him, weird artsy shit him. that no one liked. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. that's a. I think this was the best case scenario. Like in all yeah. the alternate universes, I think this he is the one shit. that worked out. Like he made the Star Wars trilogy, gave us LucasArts, THX, ILM. I could which in turn gave you, better. which in turn yeah. gave you tons Terminator of other things. Two Terminator 2, like, Jurassic I mean, Park. Like, come on. You know like, what I mean? No, like he, that that was, other things. Yeah. Right. The aliens, all yeah. that Indiana stuff. Jones, you know, yeah. Indiana Jones. Cause yeah. he, um, the, Oh, shit. Cause like even after that, he made red tails, some weird movie about the ski airmen that right. I never saw and didn't really get big, uh, big reviews. When he but said, I, read, I, I saw the interview, he said he, he knew that wasn't going to be anything. Right. He wanted yeah, to he tell did. that story. Yeah. That's so his new thing he, is he doesn't give a fuck. He says he's going to make it for the next 10 years. Right. While he's alive, he he's going to make where the fuck yeah. he wants. To and make. I know he's doing more Indiana Jones. Yeah. Um, but the, cause I, you know, and I always sort of mourn the fact that, you know, I wish like part of me has until I did research for this episode has always said, but I do wish he was still at the helm for the final trilogy. Right. I wish he was at the helm for the final trilogy and gave it to other directors. Yeah. yeah. But then when I read today, the, his ideas for the final trilogy, I'm kind of not worried about the fact that he didn't make them anymore because yeah. his plan was to, it was about things called the willies, the wills, <laughs> the wills, W H I L I S, which, um, is, it Willis? goes into the microbiotic world. So we're starting to deal with the metachlorians on a deeper level. Cause he watched Ant-Man. He was like, yeah, Ant-Man's exactly. a good movie. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Oh, and, and fucking Paul, uh, these are his name. Paul, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd's going to be What's his it. name? Yeah. So the wills you know, are, are creatures that control the universe and feed off of the force. And the movie would have had something to do with the Lucas or the, the Skywalker children 
Oh no! Dealing with the wills, aren't they and inbreds? The power of the force, and that just sounds Dude, like it's going to go bad. I didn't know so how many, many weird ways. nerd battles there are. There's people that hate the fucking midichlorian thing, like they freak out. They're like, "It's a the force is a religion. You can't have a blood test." Like they're like, "It's the life force of everything everywhere," and they're like, "It's they're like people, it's doing people, good and doing that." They're like, yeah, yeah, but I took a blood test and I can't do that now because I don't have any midichlorians. Like the <laughs> nerds are battling about the craziest shit in Star Wars. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, it's like uh, they're mad about everything. It's a, it's a life for some people. I mean, I have friends in the 501st and they're like, yeah, that's like fucking life. The ultimate question like, is though, like, cause their life isn't real when they're in the, when they're doing things with the 501st, like that's their real life. But it's like yeah. when you release something like they, there was a lot of stuff on documentaries. They said like, what if, you know, Da Vinci came back and said, well, now that I'm back, they brought him back to life. Like, I don't like the way that the Mona Lisa smiling or like, I don't I like, like your the Da Vinci finger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, half he's, like, I don't, like, he's, like, half he's, he's like, I'm going to change this painting or something. Right. right. Yeah. He'd, be like, right. he'd be like, what the fuck? No way. That's I don't think he'd be like that alone. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, but it's not even that good. Let live, him change it. But it happened to live where he could go change the originals and remaster them and damage the original negatives and shit. And people are freaking out. They're like, it's our movie. It belongs to us. We should be able to have it. But it's like, ah, it's art that he made. Right. If someone made a song, you wouldn't yeah. be like, no, bitch, I like the first version. Like you can say that, but it's their song or it's yeah. their painting. Right. So that's the argument is, you know, a lot it's of people art. are pissed about that, but he actually damaged the original. You think he really fucked with the original negatives or is he just saying that to, to close the opportunity to have the original film available again for people? Because he wants that history to go down on DVD that will last forever and let the film fade away and have his vision with the weird shit that he changed. Well, in the age of the internet, the original cut's never going away. Right. So, right. It, like, he can try to change as much as he wants. He can try to destroy every copy of the holiday special that he wants. You, you right. But it's but always it's God, that was away. terrible. Somebody's yeah. going to. That have was a it. great movie. How dare you? Oh, oh, wow. Fantastic. Dude. So, <laughs> it's Chewbacca's. It's Chewbacca's house with Chewbacca's. It's like Thanksgiving at Chewbacca's. It's yeah. fucking crazy. Fantastic. Dude. It's got Wilford Brimley in it. It, no, that was the Ewok. The second oh, you're Ewok right. You're right. That's movie. right. You're right. Yeah. Wow. Um, so my big question is a one word question, and it is simply McClunky. I don't know what that is. I have no idea. He looks stumped. Oh, no, wow. You got me. So with the release of Disney Plus, apparently they had to use the most up-to-date version of the original Star oh, Wars that existed. Oh, I know what you're talking yeah, yeah, yeah. about. The new yeah. change yes. to so a new the big hope. the big argument in A New Hope is that is that Han shot first. Right, right. So in the original film, he and Greedo are sitting there. Greedo's trying to get money for Jabba, and Han pretty cold-bloodedly murders him by shooting him in the stomach. People live and die like, on yeah, this yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. shit. So then he re-edits it. So Greedo shoots first and misses, and then Han shoots him and kills him and yeah. makes him look a little bit more heroic but apparently when disney plus dropped a couple of weeks ago there's a new version of it which was the latest version the he had new, new version. before but they had to use oh, the new, version new. he had yes, new new so the new new has apparently greedo screams there's no more subtitle everything's in right. rodian with a subtitle and then he suddenly screams mcclunky and then the hand Han shoots first? him yeah. first <laughs> oh but he doesn't shoot well, Han no, shoots. Greedo still, shoot shoots, first. Greedo still shoots first. Yes, in um, that version. But he screams McClunky first. Yeah, which. So what the fuck is that? I don't know, dude. That shit's yeah. all weird. They make that new singing band thing, and it's yeah, all fucking weird. Like, music I, I don't even. Like Chuck E. Cheese. Jabba looks like a fucking weird ass cartoon. And yeah, like, the special editions don't exist to me. Like, right. I, yeah, I they're, am they're, a, they're pretty bad. A, oh, you're original a purist. trilogy purist. Yes. Yeah. 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 Wow. And there are versions out there that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Those in, in ET. Can like when you look at the old school like Java, the, like he's walkie talkies. Yeah. Just with the walkie talkie, like pointing walkie talkies aggressively. Yeah, I forgot about that. So bad. Yeah. I think it's, I think that's great though. You know what I mean? Like, sure. That's what makes it great. Yeah. I don't know. So I don't know, like love them or hate it. Like even the prequels, I didn't love the prequels. I didn't hate the prequels. There's some Star Wars movies. I got a Star Wars fix from watching them. Same thing yeah. with the current sequels that are coming out. They're better than the prequels. They're not great, but there's amazing special effects. But the thing I'll say about the the prequels were that I, I kind of look at the prequels as I look at the world during World War II. In those five short years of World War II, technological advancements that would have taken 20 years to happen happened in five years. With George Lucas making these Star Wars movies with ILM and all of his resources, he advanced digital cinema and special effects Mm -hmm. in those nine years in ways that would have taken 20 years to advance. Like to the point, I even remember watching interviews with the cast of Lord of the Rings because they were out doing fucking gritty, dirty shit in the mud and Lucas invited all of them to come to the set. I think of the Phantom Menace, maybe the, maybe a different one. And they were all just on this set, which I believe was in Australia. And it was just like everybody sitting in air conditioned trailers and sipping smoothies. And it's like, at the end of the day, you're in a more exotic location than I was, you know, riding through the fucking mountains of button gore or something. And the, (laughs) but I mean, Lucas could just put it all on a green screen, you know, which there's a balance to that. There is a balance. Sometimes it looks uh, not very realistic. And I think J.J. Abrams does a good job of that. He does a really good job mixing practical effects with digital effects and so forth. But I mean, I think the fact that Lucas was ballsy enough to make all of it digital and it's not going to hold up in the long run, but he advanced cinema in ways that very few people have. Like the technology behind movie making was pushed by George Lucas more than anybody else in our lifetime, I think. Like the stuff he's done has just been unbelievable. Yeah, it was. it's a very Apple thing. Yeah, George Lucas is like Shaquille O'Neal to basketball. Yeah, pretty much. Exactly. Just as tall, too. Exactly. His yeah. feet are huge, is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. His, his neck is huge. Yeah, he, neck he has is a size. Big feet, huge 23 neck. neck. Giant yeah. pussy. That's how you can tell. <laughs> That's how you can tell he has a big pussy by his neck. Yeah. Is there anything you want to add? Do we, I know we probably, there's probably a bunch Oh, I mean, yeah, you could, you could have three yeah. episodes about yeah. this guy, but yeah. I did want to bring up one thing is that he's always been, uh, had a really good, good spirit about parody. So he's yes. always played along with any of the parodies that have been out there going back to Spaceballs. Right. You know, oh, yeah, he, yeah, he gave yeah. Mel Brooks the, the, the thumbs up to do that so long as he didn't merchandise any right. of the Spaceballs right. uh, oh, wow. movie. Yeah. 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 With uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Kevin Smith and all of his yeah. movies, yeah. but yeah. when he made that, you know, there's a big lightsaber battle at the end. Mark Hamill's in that movie. Mm-hmm. And again, he went to Lucas, uh, Kevin Smith did, and he's like, "Ah, hey, you're good to go as long as you don't use the new color lightsaber I'm going to use in Attack of the Clones, right. which was Samuel L. Jackson's purple, purple lightsaber. Right, right. Oh, so of course. You give the purple. black guy the purple lightsaber. Yeah. No, he, purple lightsaber. no, no he was, wanted it. That was yeah. a contingency. He yeah. told Lucas, I will only be in the movie if I get a purple lightsaber. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, he did a voice for the Robot Chicken Star Wars yep. special they did. Yep. He gave, uh, like, Lucasfilm helped the Family Guy people yeah. make the Family Guy Star Wars Star movies. Wars. Which so, are great. Those are pretty Those are great. Yeah, that's the Star Wars. I love. Yeah, he's always been real, real cooperative. I'm and he's a huge philanthropist. The the Lucas charity is currently up to a billion dollars. Well, he doesn't I mean, have kids, right? Uh, I want someone to oh, deep fake, uh, yeah. deep fake Bill Cosby onto Samuel Jackson's face uh, in that, and then give him a Jello pudding pop. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be amazing. Jello yeah. pudding pop. <laughs> you will take That's your funny. clothes off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. we are ready for winners. Yeah. 
All right, Wieners. so um, we have a social media winner for Norwegian Black Metal episode 434. Uh, Diana Davis is going to win a t-shirt for sharing on Facebook. Um, we've given the speech. We really appreciate you guys sharing on Facebook because they're motherfuckers and like 7% of our audience actually sees what we post. So that's huge. Um, and you, we, we respect it and we give you rewards because you've lost family members follows because mm-hmm. your grandma doesn't want to see the crazy R. shit R. that we post. Or maybe right. she does. Yeah. Right. You never Maybe know. She does. Yeah. You never know until you show Granny. That's Maybe she I'm can't saying. see it because she's dead. Yeah. 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 Sorry for your loss. But you're gonna get a T-shirt. Maybe um, you can so, dig her up. Yeah. Frankie Pigeons. Jason's like, what? Frankie Pigeons is gonna hit you up and ask for your T-shirt size and shipping information. So please respond to that. Um, also, um, we are brought, we are a part of the Podbelly Network. Go to podbelly.com to check out cool podcasts like All Things Star Wars podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, you guys have a website <laughs> and other things you need to say about that, probably. Well, we mostly do our social media through Facebook. We've got a private Facebook group called the Sidebar Cantina. Oh, if you want to chat with us, you can find us there. We do have a Facebook page. We're on Instagram at All Things Star Wars Pod. Nice. And, and so. Uh, Go check them out. Go check out their podcasts. If you, I mean, if you're listening to this and you're kind of Star Wars dork or Star Wars nerd or just interested, I mean, how many episodes do you guys have now? Uh, 129. That's a nice. shit ton of Star Wars stuff. Yeah. yeah. And they're digging deep. They got Still the fucking... Still going, yeah. They're, yeah. All, they're all Funko popped out and they got everything over there. <laughs> oh, yeah. They got the, the dirty screwball whiskey. Go send them some whiskey, too. Yeah. 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 Um, I so, want to I want a guest spot on your show and talk about Joseph Campbell. Oh. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Another anytime, crossover. Cool. Yeah. But we, you're going to let us record your audio on this side this time. Okay. Okay. Deal. All right. Um, also, um, thank you to El Yucateco Hot Sauce. That is our primary sponsor. Um, they have seven delicious flavors. Um, if you don't like hot sauce, uh, shut the fuck up and put it in your mouth because it's delicious and will make you like it. Um, you can go to um, elucateco.com. Um, you can find them on Amazon, eBay, the internet, uh, <laughs> the small Mexican restaurant on the corner, um, your local grocery store. That's here. Other countries. They're all over the place. There's no excuse anymore. Um, we made them so famous. People are that, finding them in, in yeah. everywhere. I mean, everywhere. It's been found everywhere. 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 They uh, unearthed an Egyptian tomb the other day and there was actually a bottle El-Yucateco. that said mm-hmm. King of Flavors since 1968. King of Flavors. Yeah. 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 There's no explaining it. We're not really sure. I think time travels involved yeah. it could have been Gary it was Coleman. written in hieroglyphics it's hard to it was yeah it they're really trying to say that a couple hieroglyphics, hieroglyphics yeah. fell off or something yeah, during yeah. an earthquake he said and it happened to look like a teco bottle i don't buy it yeah no. i blame forrest whitaker i think the that's aliens. how he hurt his eye oh, i'm sure yeah he got teco in his eye when if he was that fucking hurts out. yeah you get the you get the fucking his eyes still fucked up yeah get the peppers in put your in your eye. mouth lazy eye not in your eye like yeah. teco it hurts um also check out print dirt cheap you can go to print dot com to uh, get some printed goods and you can observe savings by using uh, code Sophie King podcast. What's up? Mm. Oh, nothing. I wanted to give a shout out to El Capitan Salsa. Oh, you actually Michael, got a hold of you? Oh, fu- yeah, no, I, I I had a party and I was going to make some chili. Right. I can't have the chili without the salsa. So right. I hit him up, hit him up and uh, got a couple jars of uh, just medium because the family's right. going to eat it. And man... God damn, I got to get some. It is good. I'm totally It's jealous. fucking good, dude. Like, it's Pico de Gallo. Like, you hit him fucking, up on Facebook? Uh, I hit him up on Instagram. Okay. And then I got his number now, finally. It's so not like, a hot sauce competitor, because it's like a Pico no, style. No, it's Pico really de Gallo. Chunky. Like, no, you could put El Yucateco in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've it, done and that. Fuck yes. But that shit, man, the flavor. I'm going to have to get his um, number from He admitted that he made it extra hot for us, because he's trying to fuck No, it was up. good. Yeah. No, it was good. But the, the like, I just got like a medium, mm-hmm. man. And the, I mean... I could smell the jars. I went and picked up my daughters and I had two jars in my truck and they were like, Oh, it smells like food in here. And I was like, man, it just the permeated the, I just wish it wasn't a, a back alley drug cell. You got to fucking meet that yeah. full with the brown yeah, paper it's bag. Fine. Like it's yeah. good. It's but tough, he wouldn't even take good. my money. I was trying to pay him. And he's like, no, no man. No, you're good. And I was like, no, 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 come on, come on. And he's like, no, no, you guys, you're good, man. 
You just like, choke him out and put it in his Yeah, pocket. I was like, man, he spent yeah. his Saturday, you know, morning making me some salsa. And, and you know dope. what I mean? Like, yeah, That's no, dope. he's a good dude. Uh, go check him out. Uh, El Capitan Salsa on Instagram. Uh, you can probably find him on Facebook, too. If I'm you're sure. in Bakersfield. But, right. yeah. Otherwise, you're, you're. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know how that right. all works. But, right. uh, you know, just get him out there. Uh-huh. So um, check out printercheap.com. Also go uh, to jimmydstees.com and check out. He's got t-shirts for sale. He makes our t-shirts. Those are at sofakingpodcast.com forward slash shop. Um, we've got all kinds of stuff. Uh, Christmas is coming up. If you're going to order stuff, you mm-hmm. probably want to order it soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of that stuff's print to order. Some of it we ship out. Um, but we've got sweatshirts, hoodies, beanies, t-shirts. We've got all kinds of cool stuff over there. So if you're thinking of a gift idea or you just need an excuse to buy some shit because it's Christmas, go check out our website, get some merch. That's another way to support us. Um, and, uh, uh, send Jimmy D's uh, some vascular mm-hmm. uh, Vienna sausage clip pics. Um, that's his new preference. Brad yeah. brought it up last time, and now he can't get enough. He doesn't even want dick pics anymore. Specifically no, vascular clips. It's turned. a small genre. Yeah. It's hard to find. Yeah, yeah he's turned. So uh, if your mom has pics like that or a family member, uh, send those to him. He yeah. likes he likes to pretend. It's a yeah, yeah. kind of a role he takes on. He likes to pretend. Yeah, he loves the the transgender. Uh, is that correct? Transgender, you know, after after the you know after they've been taking the hormones for a while, mm. and everything starts to shrink up. Really loves those. That's an iTunes review for sure. We're yeah, getting yeah, one yeah. for that one. Yeah. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. No, I'm, I'm, I'm saying anything wrong. I'm Sometimes we get bad reviews, yeah, and that's that's one right there. It'll be, <laughs> <laughs> It'll be good. I mean, it's not us. That's Jimmy D's. Yeah. Like, why are they gonna go after us for? I'm just saying. Uh, you good? Um, I think I got yeah, all the winners. Yeah. I think that was everything. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, skull member of the month this month is uh, John Schultz. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all know and love John Schultz. Um, so we asked him, you know, what was his favorite type of cake. Mm. Uh, this is his response. Uh, there's nothing scary about sex. Nothing at all. Uh, that is until you wake up naked and face down in a stranger's bed, bald, blindfolded, gagged, and handcuffed to the headboard, bleeding from at least two orifices and your newly pierced nipples covered in leeches and dog bites and cigarette burns and a missing part of an earlobe and a vital organ with no recollection whatsoever of how you got there or why you smell like honey and have a foreign currency and a note that reads, call me. Stuck in your ass. So pineapple upside down cake. Yes. Yeah. Basically. Exactly I mean, right. that's so. a long way of saying it. That guy's kind of an asshole with yeah, this shit. He's you know, really like, fucking wordy. Just yeah. get to the really point. Wordy. Like yeah. we ask you a simple yeah. question. Yeah. That's wordy as fuck, bro. Yeah. It I is. Mean, I mean, uh, you know, it kind of just, you know, speaks words for him. You know, right. I mean, it's, he is a, uh, you know, I've compared him to George Lucas. He's you know, often very life. symbolic. Yeah. Yes. Like you have to read all of that together and be like, oh, pineapple upside down. Cake. I got yeah. it. You yeah, know, yeah, it came, yeah. Yeah, it came yeah, through. Yeah. 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 It's word hieroglyphics. Mm-hmm. And everything's important. Like if it didn't come to the note tucked in your ass, I would have thought German chocolate. Exactly. But as soon as you get to the note, you're like, oh, pineapple upside down. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. Very yeah. good. Did you get that, Jason? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that was, so that's uh, that was how you guys do this, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it just happened. <laughs> so anyway, uh, if you're on Reddit, go to r4 slash Sofa King podcast. Uh, joining the conversation there, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are at Sofa King Podcast on all those platforms. Share and uh, get free shit. Um, I'm at Raised with Wolves. We have Raised, no, not Raised with Brints. Um, Sofa <laughs> King, Sofa that. King, that's Dave. I'm getting uh, what's your Instagram? At Darth Roscom. Darth nice. Roscom. Wow, nice. that's a yeah. fucking nerd right there. Nice. Indeed. Congratulations, sir. You won. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are, uh, go to uh, sofakingpodcast.com is our website. There's categories on there. Uh, I have noticed uh, in the Facebook group, um, people are asking about episodes. People are mentioning episodes and people don't even know that we have some episodes uh, about certain things. So go there, check out the categories. 
Um, and, and, you know, maybe you miss some things, uh, because not all of them show up in iTunes or on your favorite podcast app. Um, a lot of them only do what 300. Yeah. Um, so, but someone just showed me on podcast addict the other day that they had all the episodes and I, was, so, I, yeah, so I, I don't know. And cast box or something lets you just have as many as you want. I don't, it's hmm. apparently not based off the RSS. I, I can't figure out the science. Yeah, so it. I know if you're listening on iTunes or I don't even know, I didn't check Spotify. I don't know if that, if that lets you have all of them, but there's, there's, yeah, there's a lot of episodes that you might be missing uh, if you didn't start from the beginning. So, and a lot of times you have to do that on the website because Which is categorical though. We made it yep. easy. So you can go there now and find it um, uh, just by clicking the yep. category. Yep. So if you think you have something you want us to talk about and you haven't checked the website, if we've done it or not, just go hit the search and uh, type that in there and it'll tell you, uh, you know, what it'll and come up. Google. Sometimes yeah. I, or Google. Google. Yeah. I thought we yeah. did. I yeah, thought we did sure. a couple of the other day. And I was like, did we do that? It feels yeah. familiar. Yeah. yeah Cause yeah. we, we hit, we hit on things. So, um, also podcast, go to Patreon podcast addict has all 501 episodes. Nice. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, uh, go to patreon.com black slash Sophie King podcast. And again, uh, we're doing bonus episodes for, uh, even at the dollar level, uh, you get a shout out and then they also, um, you know, at $5, you get the early episodes. So go there and check that out. Um, and that's nice. pretty much it. Yep. Spotify playlist, uh, Sophie King podcast, 2019. Don't be a retard. I'm just a man of understanding who can't stand in a no man. I hustle with the bars on the mic late night like I'm Conan. Culture vultures all under my scrotum. Get off my nuts. These niggas swear they out here balling, but ain't Kobe with the clutch. I feel like Obi-Wan Kenobi. Smoke a stogie, then I'm up all in the stars. And if you want, what?